Oh, welcome back, everybody. Happy hot Thursday. <laughs> My goodness, it's humid outside. Bruh, it's uh, hotter than, insert... Hell? Comment, <laughs> Hades. Hades, uh, hell. Two rats in a wool sock. It's hotter than my wife. Oh, oh, well, well done. I hope she listens to this. Uh, I used that the other day. I took a picture and posted it on Facebook when I was at the Cardinal game, and it was smoking hot that day. And that's the game the Cardinals won 11 to four against the Yanks. And I, I, you did. I posted and said the only thing hotter in here than the bats and the game is this smoke show sitting next to me, which was the wife. Of course, my comment had to be smartass, and there was a guy. Yeah, it was you being a douche? Yeah, I hope she doesn't get mad at me. She did not get mad at you. I'm in a good mood, though. Let me tell you why I'm in a good mood. Break it down. Because, as of right now, the second half of the season has will start tomorrow, and the Cardinals are oh no, we're five. Hey, it's a new same record tomorrow. as everybody else. Yeah, it's a new season. <laughs> it is a new season. I'm happy, and but I assume that things won't change. So we'll go in. You know what? Maybe tomorrow we should do a, re- a redo of March 30th. We'll go tailgate. They should bring the Clydesdales back. <laughs> we'll be happy. You got to rent the porta potty. I'll rent the porta potty. Maybe we can get the Blue Jays back instead <laughs> instead of the uh, uh, the national the Nats. Uh, but I'll take an opening day weather because it is going. To oh, be that was so much better than what it was. And I'm excited too because um, so I'm contemplating going to the game tomorrow. Because they are 0-0. And also, my man, I'm still waiting for O'Neill, the announcement, to get activated Mm. uh, Uh, back to the big league club. You may be waiting a while. (laughs) Well, I would assume, though, if everybody wants him traded, like everybody says, if they can get some. Oh, well, let's get to that in a minute. Well, just saying. Don't jump again. I'm not, but uh, anyways, it's been a while. Yes. How the heck have you been? Uh, I am doing swimmingly, uh, aside from, you know, our, our job here. That we do our, our other jobs that we do. I've been working hard at that and finishing a house, getting really close to that. Are you personally finishing it, or are you just super? Well, and I kind of point out things. Point out. Well, let's be let's be serious. My wife points out things, uh, and then I agree with her, like smart, a, right? like a good husband should. I'm still and, learning that. Yeah. Of course, you've been married. You got some. You got some time. I got some years on. I got like a couple a de- well a couple decades on. Me, I think. You said you got some beers. On me, you do probably have years, people. years, sir. Oh years. God. Gosh, what was that movie quote um, from Clint Eastwood movie? Uh, where he was Gunny Sergeant. Uh, Gunny Highway. Highway. I drank more beers, pissed more blood than you numb nuts. That's a classic. Hey, you know, so I just realized something that I'm on LinkedIn. I'm friends with. I'm LinkedIn, not friends, whatever it's called. LinkedIn connection with a, with a guy named No LinkedIn. It's business stuff. Oh. With a guy oh. named with a guy named Pete Koch, who is a former defensive lineman in the NFL who he posts a lot of different things he does motivational speaking and whatnot and he's over the last year he's gone through a shoulder surgery so he posts updates about it and then anyway that but that guy I didn't realize this was Swede in um in the movie hamburger not hamburger hill I was gonna say hamburger hill but that's not it it's uh uh oh yeah what is the name of that movie it's not born on the fourth of July no gosh no that's Tom Cruise uh, Gunny no, Highway. Why am I blanking on this? This is sinful that I don't remember the name of this. I mean, it's an okay move. This is not the proper ambush sign. Oh, my gosh. We'll, we'll, we'll get it later. I can't remember. But anyway, it was Swede, the gigantic guy that was in it. Reconstitute yeah. butt. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Mario Mario Van Peoples Jr., who's just a horrendous actor. Um, so, anyway, 
getting through that and uh so we're we're uh on the other side of the all-star break not truly the halfway point but um you know what's considered the halfway point for the major league baseball season i think they're at like 90 games right now yeah i think so 90 15 games so we got 10 or 15 games over as far as 10 well 81 is halfway so simple math i guess if you play 100 well that's true so um, in that time, since we last sat down here across the table from each other, and I think la- last time we literally sat across the table from each other doing a duet. Um, yes, we did. So the, the, when we sat down, the cards were on their two-day break, their second two-day break of the year of three because they had one. Of, no, they have four because they had that re- weird one at the end of the month. The Memorial Day. They had one before and after the London trip. Mm-hmm. And now they're on one now for the All-Star break. So they got four two-day breaks. So wait, we last met right before London, right? Yes. What do you think of that? I know it's a little bit. I thought the crowd was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Well, I mean, a bunch of expats over there, I'm sure. Well, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of Americans over there. And, and, and the Brits... Yeah, we. I mean, we talked about this on that show. Uh, Brits had a good showing in World Baseball Classic. It looks like it's a it, the, the popularity of the sport is rising over there, so they had a nice turnout. Um, I just saw right before we came in here, next year, uh, before the season opens in the in the United States, the Padres and the Dodgers are going to open a similar series in Korea. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense though. But Korea already has pro ball. Not major league baseball. Yeah, but it, have pro ball. Yeah, but it's just about getting the getting the brand out there. I think that's that's. I think it's a great move by them. So, the last time we sat down, uh, the Cards were on their two day break prior to London against the Cubs, and since then they've gone seven and eight. So, I mean, not as bad as they've been. <laughs> I guess is one way to look at it. Um, and if you remember going into the London series, they'd won the last two series against the Nats and the Mets. So I think we were optimistic about their play. And I think they've done that quite a bit this year where they've had little bursts of positive play and and, and everybody gets excited and then they turn around and are who they are. But uh, the opening game of that London series, uh, they got they got beat down pretty bad in that opening game, nine to one. I think we were texting back and forth and talking about what an embarrassment this was on the on the national stage or the international stage, I should say. That they throw they come out there and, and they drop an egg and go nine and, or get beat nine to one. Yeah, that was bad. Um, and remember, it was Cardinal killer Ian Happ. I hate that guy. I do too. <laughs> that guy's so good against the Cardinals. I mean, he's a good player, period. But he's really good against the Cardinals. So he had a pair of home runs, and they had a, a strong performance by Justin Steele, who's had a strong first half as well. He had uh, he pitched six innings, gave up five hits, one earned run, and struck out eight Cardinals. They salvaged the second game seven to five with Wilson Contreras going four for four. So I mean, they went one and one on the trip. It looked a little bit better, but you know that that nine and one or nine to one loss left left a pretty bad taste in the mouth. That wasn't good. So then they came back and they dropped two or three to the Astros. Uh, including a pair of double-digit losses, or not double-digit losses, but where they gave up double-digit runs 
in the in the last two games, ten to seven and fourteen and nothing losses. I mean, yeah, it was just, and that's what I said. You know, they have these spurts where they play really good, and there's a little bit of optimism there, and then they come back and just lay an absolute egg. Um, the only real highlight of that series for the Cardinals was uh, the opening game from Jordan Montgomery. He gave up one earned run and six and a third. Uh, but in the finale, the 14-0 loss, Adam Wainwright just got shellacked. Got hit. He got touched for uh, six hits and three walks. I mean, nine base runners in an inning and two thirds, giving up six earned runs. I mean, he looked bad. Not good. I mean, he, he, looked, <laughs> he looked. I mean, we'll call it what it is. He looked like a high school pitcher. Oh, ouch! Well, I'm you sent me a text and you said that, and I was well, like, I said, ouch, then too. He did. I mean, you can't at this day and age. Correct. I mean. High school and how he executed, or a high schooler against a major league team, because that's you know I think a high schooler against a major league team would get hit D, really D, hard. D, all the above. Well, he wasn't throwing strikes, so it's tough to chase. Too, you, in, in today's major league baseball, you can't have your fastest pitch be eighty six miles an hour, especially when you're not no. executing. I mean, the Greg Maddox days are over. These guys are too strong. The zones, because well, Maddox, like we said, he got a lot of help from you know. The zone expanding. Well, he did that, though. But, I mean, it was because of his doing. That, you know, so ever since then, the umpires have been costing that or not really looking at that. I mean, but Wayne, like I said, yeah, there's high school kids throwing 90. Could you imagine as bad as the umpiring is now how big the zone would be with Maddox? Yeah. (laughs) It would be enormous. Yeah. They just call strike even before. But it's it's coming out of his hand, a strike. Yeah, it's good. This guy doesn't miss. Strike. Um, Umpires, umpires. I feel bad for Wayne, but, I mean, sometimes you just... Yeah, well, sometimes we, we all hit the wall athletically, right? Yes, sir. Um, even pro athletes. I hit it at 18. <laughs> I hit it at 12. Um, there was no wall for me. <laughs> so then the Yankees came to town, and the birds took two out of three from them. We have their number. Swept them right. last yep, year. Sure two did. out of three. I mean, so that's what? That's five and six against the Yankees over the last two years. Can't win a playoff game, but yeah. we could beat the Bronx Bombers. Uh, so they won the home opener again. That was uh, as I was talking about earlier. That was the one I was at, eleven to four. Strong outing by Jack Flaherty. Six innings, four hits, two walks, no no runs, no earned runs, four Ks. Might have been the best he's looked this year. Yeah, he did. Honestly, he was, sharp. he was executing pitches. Yeah, he was, he was throwing the ball where he wanted to throw the ball, and like he was, you know, um, really looked sharp. He had a lot of good command. He wasn't. Um, he didn't walk a lot of people that game. I would say the one thing he did is is what he always does is his pitch count got a little high. And he could have gone some more, you know, keep your pitch count down and go a little right. few extra innings. He goes to a lot of two and two and three and two. He sure does, and man. That, like you said, I mean, that's just a recipe for, for, for not good. Well, for not in line for a lot of wins, especially right. with the Ali Marmol. Yeah. Not eating up innings. Right. And that's, um, that taxes your bullpen, and nobody. Wants yeah, you know. So I, I, well, I heard. Well, we can talk about them in a little bit. Yeah. I, I heard the, earlier today. I was listening to something, and they talked about that, and they said, as it rates for innings from your starters, the Cardinals are uh, in the top ten in innings for your star- from your starters. So it's. I found that incredibly crazy. <laughs> Wait, what? No, that yeah. can't be accurate. Yeah, yeah. So they're saying the Cardinals starting rotation yes. is in the top ten of eating innings, basically. Yes, hundred percent. Yes. Was that just because they're sometimes and, and here, here's the it, maybe so. Here's the flip side of that. Um, you know who is in the bottom two? Okay, so we are, and the reason I say this is because we're equating 
winning baseball to starters who go deep sure. and give you innings. Right. So who is in the bottom two? Yeah, I wouldn't even think to look that up. Tampa. The Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah, Tampa Bay Rays are well, in the bottom two of innings from their starters. Well, let me ask you this, though. Not that it's a stat that you know. How many Tampa Bay Devil or Devil Rays? Wow, there's a blast from the past. Tampa yeah. Bay Rays bullpen Jimmy, pitchers. Jimmy Morris. Oh, yeah. Could be starters for the Cardinals. <laughs> all of them. Okay. Yeah. Yes, all of the above. So, in that in that opening 11-4 game where Flaherty pitched good, he got a couple of homers, one from Goldschmidt, one from Gorman. Um, they had 12 hits that game four players with two so uh, a good outing then they and remember that game was uh, a morning game on Saturday and the the Friday night game got rained out so that wound up being a double header on Saturday I I do too I wish you did more and you know what also happened during this is uh, the weather got crappy during that game towards the end and they had a storm blow through so it delayed the finish of the first game so normally they would say it's a split double header you gotta have tickets for both mid game announcement they said tickets are good for if you were here for the first game you can stay for the second game I would which stayed. is pretty cool I would have stayed and I would just would have moved down to right behind the dugout but if you would have stayed you would have saw a 6-2 loss and you would have seen Matthew Libertor get torched a little bit was that the game he got sent down after that no 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 it was he one more one, he got one more after that more. we'll get to that one <laughs> like I said it's been a while since we've been together so they're yeah he got Cardinals bad players blending together. Yeah, like it's it's all year. He got hit pretty hard. So then the season's finale, they showed showed some signs of life, and they won uh, five to one behind uh, Jordan Montgomery, who pitched six and two thirds with zero earned runs. So good outing. Brendan Donovan got on base four times, hit a home run. How good is he? He's been fantastic he lately. Has been. Yeah, I mean every time you look at the box score, it's two three hits. Well, and and a hit by pitch or a couple walks yeah, I mean, or dude just he's on gamer. base all the time. The dude is just a gamer, and I, I like watching him play. He to me, he's a smart hitter. He stays within himself, and he doesn't just try to hit power because he knows he doesn't have it. But to me, he's got nine home runs. He did, I'm just talking about he's those are like he's not just trying to go up there. If he gets yeah. the pitch, he drives. Yeah. It. yeah. But in that game, I think it was last Friday. You know, slap hit the other way. It's like he just takes yeah. it where it's pitched. Like. He to me is like the fundamental baseball. He's a throwback. Player. He's a throwback player yeah, in my book. He, just gets, yeah. he goes after it and, and gets it. Always dirty. And yeah, gets it done. Helmet doesn't stay on his head. No, he's like, got great hair. He does have great hair. <laughs> but I, I like watching. Uh, I watching him play. And so I know I want to cut. I just want to ask you this question too. Nothing for stats or research, but uh, everybody. You know, they talk about, every, you know, all these players that need – they're ready in the minor leagues. they got to come up. Case yeah. in point, okay. Yeah. Mason Lynn, all these guys. Where was the demand two years ago for Brendan Donovan to come up? Like, yeah, he, yeah, came yeah up, he came out of nowhere. Heard of him, he came out of nowhere. He just starts balling. Well, he was a call-up. You know, he didn't start the season on the roster. He was a call-up last year, and he comes up. Uh, I can't remember if he came up because there was an injury, but he came up and just – Played and it hasn't stopped balling since he just came up. Made the most of his opportunity. Yeah. He forced so like for people out there listening that Brendan Donovan is the definition of forcing your way into the lineup. Yeah, and playing. he forces his way in regularly because you know they can play him anywhere, which right. keeps him in the lineup. Also, somebody needs to spell it first. Okay, Goldschmidt needs a break. Put hey, put Brendan over there yeah. or Donnie as they like to call him here. Put Donnie over there. Uh, no, Arenado needs to sit. Put Donnie over there. Give me nine Brendan Donovans, and the Cardinals are yeah. probably above 500. Maybe so. So, um, after they took two or three from New York, as I was talking about earlier, they gave so. you these these shots of optimism. Mm-hmm. Then they went to Miami, and they looked 
terrible Rams in Miami. old Skip. <laughs> yeah. So, met up with Skip Schumacher, surprised Marlins team. They got Schumachered. They got Schumachered <laughs> hard. I just made that up. Um, so, they dropped three of the first four games, two of which were run-run game, One run games. I had trouble last time saying that. That's tough to say. You one run games. Should we type uh, that? So, 21 blown saves this year. Yeah, 21. So, was that just blown no, saves? No, I take that back. I'm sorry. 21 all of last year. They had 18 blown saves this year. Up to this point. Two up to this point to that point. Up to this point, to that point, to talk about your point, so I can bring out my point. <laughs> That's a lot of points um, there, bro. <laughs> it's a square. There's four points. Yeah. Um, 27 games the Cardinals have been winning and have found a way to lose. Seven, 17 of those after the seventh inning. That is, you win just half of those, just half of them. Maybe not even half. You're four games out of the division, four yeah. or three games out. Yeah, if you, you yeah, cut that in half to eight, you know, say eight, and we gain eight wins, we're 46 wins. But even half of that is bad. So, like I said, we're being really generous, and, okay, we just win half of those. You win, you, know, you would expect that in the pro club. You're still not as bad as you are. They are finding ways to, you know, rate our moment here, but I'll believe it out, F this thing up. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, so – yeah. The bullpen blew up in game one, coughing up a 4-2 lead with uh, our our favorite middle reliever, Andre Pallante, taking a loss. That dude. In the second game, the Birds lose 15-2 behind another brutal Adam Wainwright outing. And this is the one he went on the DL after – or IL, I'm sorry. He went on the IL after that. Yeah. Now, didn't I tell you this was going to happen? You Did did I not you, send you a message? You texted me, and right after that, when he pulled, you actually said – I think I still have it verbatim – uh, you and Adam Wainwright. I can now. I can't talk. Adam Wainwright to the uh, IL, and it wasn't an hour later the announcement. I saw it coming, man. You, you send him to the IL for a while. You let him get straight. And I, my prediction is this: he will not be back till the the last weekend of the year. So I was, against Cincinnati. I agree with that, and I would love to see this. And I think it'd be a really cool send off. Um, for him because nobody cares about 200 wins. I mean, it's a nice number, but there's a lot of people who aren't in Cooperstown that have over 200 wins. So I don't know where this 200 win benchmark came from to show greatness. Maybe. Sandy Koufax didn't have 200. Right. Well, well, Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you, well, no, I'm just kidding. Right. Not the same comparison. <laughs> to Sandy, didn't I think wins. it would be a really neat send off for Wayne Wright, the last game of the year. Run him out there, let him start the game, throw one pitch, and yank him. And just like Maybe. they did with Willie McGee when he ran off, you know, Larusa would send him out, yeah. play the position, and then have his nice. I don't think Wayno will go for that though. I don't. I think he'll, you know, not his choice. Yeah, but at the end of the year, I mean, what does it hurt to throw him out there other than yeah, you know he he goes out like a bum if he gets well, shellacked. That's the thing, though, if he, yeah, exactly. So if you start him and he gets mur- what would be what would people remember more? Him getting whacked or just one pitch? You know, have your walk, tip the cap, because at the, I yeah. think at that point. I know maybe this is me being selfish as a fan. At that point, I'm not saying he owes the fans anything. That would be a nice send off for the fans, and maybe you kind of end the season on a high note. Yeah, He'd except that we got to turn it. Well. They'd probably bring Palante in to relieve him at that point. And he and he walked the first guy he sees. Yeah. <laughs> you know what really drives me nuts about him? It's the way he throws. Yeah, he's got a weird the way motion. He cocks his arm. It's like I don't know it's how. Got a weird his motion. He's got to be slow to the plate too. You got. I, I wonder what his time to release is. Not good. It's got to be slow. Anyway. So yeah. anyway, back to that fifteen to two loss. Here's the other thing about that fifteen to two loss. Other than Wainwright getting shellacked and the bullpen getting shellacked, 
Um, they, they scored two runs that game, but that was off a position player who came in to pitch the ninth. It was Jacob Stallings, the, the catcher, who came in, and that's how they scored their two runs. That's pretty embarrassing. That's kind of dirty having a catcher. <laughs> I mean, just a short motion. <laughs> boom! Right there. Boom! Boom! So the third game of that series, which they also lost – uh, which is it's really a microcosm of the year. You remember this? This is the Jordan Hicks game. Uh, so uh, you know, Jordan Hicks. Uh, what does he do when he first comes in? Lead off walk. Um, got an out. I think there was one out when all that happened. And uh, you got another runner on and a comebacker to Hicks, and he airmails that ball to right field. Oh, I mean, it was 15 feet over Goldschmidt's head. Goldschmidt didn't even move. And Goldschmidt started walking. Both runners score. On a on a comebacker to the freaking pitcher, so I know bad luck sometimes follows. I'll and that was a good game too. It was a good game, and after that walk, Hicks didn't look bad. Didn't look sharp, but he was, you know, low in the zone, still throwing 103. I mean, it was a nasty pitch, old boy hit. Really was. And I'm so I'll tell you a story about this game, real quick for the listeners out there on the edge. I, uh, it, was, it was a Wednesday night game. The reason I know that is because it was uh, after our golf league out of Cardinal Creek, Couples Golf League. Sherry and I play in it. So I went out, had some um, brewskis after that. So I'm like, oh, wow, maybe we're showing some spark, close game, we're going to turn it around. And when he threw that over Goldschmidt, I just, I laughed. I just erupted it in <laughs> laughter. I, like, it was almost like a sad laughter. It's like it's almost one of those things. I cannot believe what I just saw on a major league field. And oh, you sound like Jack Buck. I can't believe, I can't believe what I just saw. In a bad way. In the worst way. And here's the thing, but everybody's and so there's people defending hits. Okay, yeah, human beings make errors. I get that physical errors, and everyone's like, well, he's used to throwing 103. Oh, what a crock of shit! That the code 103. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. Why didn't he underhand it? Yeah, it's terrible. But then I don't understand this either. I know Goldschmidt was a touch off the line. Um, you know, defensive positioning, I'll never question Goldschmidt. Defensive positioning, you know, is what it is. It seemed like Goldie took a long time to get there. And I think Hicks... Well, it wasn't actually, It wasn't like a one-hopper back to Hicks. No, he had slow. to come off the mound yeah, and field it. It, it, so. was, it was a dribbler, yeah. but still, he could have underhanded or something. But that overthrow was so bad, old boy from first scored. Yeah. Because was, Newt Bar wasn't moving. Yeah, it was It was awful. It was not good. I wanted to throw up, and I just started laughing. But, I mean, like I said, that has summed up... The but that game, but like I said before, that that game was good up until then. The Cards came back from a, from being down 5-0 to tie it up, right. and then the game went back and forth. They had four guys had three hit three hits in that game. I mean, yeah, that was a, a, your your one through. No, that was the White Sox game. Sorry, on Friday where the first two lead off the one two were like had both had six hits. Yeah, take yeah. That and guess what? They blew that game. Yeah, so I mean, it was that was really frustrating. We've had a lot of tough losses this year. That might have been the worst one, but I think we've said that like four or five times. Is that a tough loss, or is that just a joke? Uh, that's bad. So then they closed out the series, you know, as they always do. It, it's like it's like a moral victory when they don't get swept, right? Yeah. So hey, let's finish up strong and and take one out of four from the the Marlins. It's like golf. You're only as good um, as your last shot. And so uh, they won three to nothing. They had a strong outing from Flaherty. I mean, a strong outing in that he only he didn't give up any earned runs or he didn't give up any runs. Period. In six and two thirds, but he, he had eleven base runners in that game. He gave up nine hits and, and two walks. So there was people all over the bases. So he pitched out of it. Got a home run from Arenado. A pair of doubles from Gorman. So you know those the two the two no ones showed up to provide the offense. So then they go to Chicago. Go to the South Side. 
Last and weekend. play the White Sox, and they take two out of three from the Southsiders. Should have swept them. Should have. Uh, they open the series with yet another one one run loss. Uh, that was really the result of the bullpen. Should we just call him a, a one RL since we have trouble saying? It. I can't say. Used it. to saying one RL. One RL. Yeah, let's go one RL. I like another one RL yeah. because they're like they've their record this year in one RLs is like eight and twenty or something like that. So I was watching that ball game with my newly born nephew. We were sitting on the couch. I don't know if he was watching, but he was there. Newly born, he probably pooped his pants when he saw it. He did. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, five to nothing. Maybe it was it. Nope, wrong. So I feel bad for because Montgomery was dealing that game. He was dealing, and then enter the bullpen and. Yep. So Palante, we suck again. Jo- we suck again. Jojo Romero, Palante, and Keith Leahy. Who? Yeah. What? <laughs> Who? Who the hell is this guy? This guy here is dead. This guy's dead. dead. Um, the list. Yeah, so Keith Leahy, who, I don't know, I went to high school with a guy named Mike Leahy, and his brother's name was Keith Leahy. I didn't know he was playing in the bigs. Could be him. Um, Open tryouts. They all got they all got smacked all over. Uh, but they had 16 hits and scored seven runs. you got to win that game, man. You have to win that you game. You have to win that game. The top six guys had 13 freaking hits in that game. I mean – this goes back to what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah sorry, I got a little ahead of you. So in the in the second game, Michaelis came out, probably pitched his best game of the year. He looked sharp. He had seven innings, no earned runs. He looked real um, sharp. Only gave four hits, no walks. I mean, he looked really good. He did I agree? Um, offense came from Jordan Walker. He gave him all the runs they needed. I mean, all they needed was one because it was a shutout. So he had his eighth home run of the year. And then in the rubber match on Sunday. The good guys won four to three. Yes, they actually won a one RL. Definitely would not have taken that. And what well, what was that? What was really crazy about that is who started that game. Steven Matz came back from oblivion from bullpen banishment. That wasn't him. That was his evil twin. Well, he pitched pretty damn good. He did, but that wasn't him. That was his twin. That was Billy Matz. So it was Billy Matz. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Matz and funny nose glasses. <laughs> he pitched five and a third. With just two hits and a, and a run, but he had nine Ks and he didn't walk anybody. So that, that's really good. See, here, so is that was that a one off? Because numbers will tell you that's a one off. Well, I mean, what we have from the back of his baseball card the last year and a half, that's a one off. Yeah. And and frankly, Stephen Mass, if you look at his entire baseball card, he's given up a lot of hits. He has. That's kind of he who he is. A lot of strikeouts. No, he's not a swing and miss guy, and, so, and, he, and he pitches high in the zone all the damn time. And see, I like I like strike, yeah, I like strikeouts because you know when you put it in play. But you and I know baseball can be so weird. Even like hitters, you could be hitting the ball 105 miles an hour right at somebody, right, and then it just yep. drops in the next time, which is what makes baseball so awesome. But if you're just so Matt, maybe next year too, we're stuck with them. Could be some of those yeah. big hits could go right to a fielder. So I don't know. Well, what's crazy to me about Matt's is that you know the reputation is he's a ground ball guy. He gets a lot of ground ball outs. He gets a lot of double plays. But the guy's up in the zone all the time. How are you a ground ball pitcher up in the zone all the time? May maybe they feel sorry for him. Maybe Dusty Blake will figure it out. Who's Dusty? Oh yeah, <laughs> who's Dusty Blake? <laughs> he's missing an action. He's on the milk carton, man. Oh yeah, he's number ninety. He's supposed to be the pitching coach. Yeah. We got a bargain with him. So, you know, they only managed five hits in that game, and they had three errors. So they were they were actually lucky to win that game. Defense has been a little suspect, especially, too, even in that series. <laughs> All too, year. Because, well, what started that big comeback was Gorman throwing up the line. Very next play, JoJo Romero. Okay, ground ball, double yep. play. Gorman just dropped it. Yep. You can't do that. Yeah. You cannot do that at the major league level, period. 
That's all I'm gonna say. That reminds me of City Slickers. The guy ate bacon with every meal. You can't do that. <laughs> Curly? Smoking the filterless cigarettes? Yep. What was that actor's name? Jack Palance. That's right. Yeah. He's alive, though. No. no, he's long dead. He, he, he was so he was so leathery. He's like a he's like a saddlebag with eyes. I guarantee that guy lit a match from his face and just scratched. I think it he off actually did that in the movie. Oh, he did. That was real. That wasn't stunt double. Yeah, not he shaved with a straight you know a straight <laughs> knife. Um, so then that's it. That's the first half. Uh, Cardinals sitting at thirty eight and fifty two, um, and eleven and a half games out of the division. I think ten and a half out of the wild card. I think it is. Is it um, doable? No, it's not doable. So nah, we, we go into the All Star break, and we had one All Star, Nolan Arenado, who started the third base. I got a problem with that. Oh, oh okay. His numbers are good. I, yeah, his numbers. Are good. He's, he's third in the league in RBIs. He's got 19 home runs. Do you think Gorman should have had a better showing, or is he just he not probably popular just yet? Gorman. He yeah. probably would have if he wouldn't have been awful for the last. 30 days. True. His defense, I think... His average plummeted. His average did plummet. I mean, he was a 270 hitter, and now he's a 233 hitter. I thought... That, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was. I, I, I really like Nolan Gorman. I so really do I. Do. I don't, he may not be a Cardinal much longer, but um, we'll, we'll get to that. So let's... Um, let's Goddamn. <laughs> but but talking about the All Star game, it was what was more frustrating than anything was all the ex Cardinals that were at the All Star game. I swear. How to about God. the home run contest? I know. I swear to God, <laughs> on all things holy, if I get on Cardinal fans twenty four seven on Facebook and I have to hear one more thing about Garcia and Randy or Rosarena and Zach Gallon, yeah, I'm just gonna puke. Everybody gets it. We know. We know. They oh were my gosh. Cardinals. Oh, and Luis Robert should have been a Cardinal. Yeah, we know they were Cardinals. Get over it. Yeah. So, so let you know you know who's really pissed off about that? I would say the front office is the Cardinals yeah. rake. So I tell you what, man, let's take a break let's do and that. then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the burning questions going into the second half. What type and, of burning? Is there penicillin for that? You take it a shot? You get a shot for it. Oh yeah, it clears it right shot. up. Yeah. Do you say it goes right? burning, <laughs> burning like you may need to drink milk with it, like a like a pepper or something. Uh, oh, so anyway, lovely. we'll uh, we'll come back uh, from a break and then we will address some of the hot questions that are out there for the Redbirds. Oh, I'm excited! I can't wait. All right, here. this is uh, 90 feet apart with Chris and Cal. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's a long fly ball. Oh, welcome back to the. Well, I'll say, I guess you could say second half of the season because it's the second half of the show. Or Wait, strike that. Reverse it. Willy Wonka. Flip it up, rub Flip, it down. Second, you don't even know about second, that. Half, second half of the show. Well, you know, whatever. Welcome back to 90 Feet Apart. It's really hot outside. It's humid. You should drink a beer. I am. I you am. Have a beer. Uh, can I say what, what kind? You, I don't know. I don't know. We're not getting paid. We could say whatever the hell we want. Yeah. Uh, this is a citywide um, American pale ale. Uh, white can brewed right here in uh, St. Louis, right on the river. Great brewery. You ever been there? No. It's a good time. They have a lot of good Their beer games. Like shit. You taste like shit. Wait, wait, what? Whoa. Whoa. Doobie, doobie, doo. Wait, that was a Bud Ice I'm Penguin. I'm a line and Kugel. What Summer, kind of line and Kugel? Summer Shandy. It's got lemonade flavor in it. Did Gross. We- Vitamin C, so I don't get scurvy. Thank Gr- you. Scurvy? Yeah, I don't want to get scurvy. Well, you got to worry about that. We, did you get your shingle shot? No. What is that? I think when you're over 50. Yeah, old people got to get it. Oh, shit. Yeah. No. All right. Anyway. You want me to take it? Speaking of old people. And scurvy. Yeah. 
Uh, no, speaking of old people. Oh. So we were going to talk about some of the burning questions going into the going on for the Cardinals right now as we move from the All Star break to the trade deadline, which is coming so, up, or, or really the end of the year. So the trade deadline, August first, August first so trade deadline this year. Or is well, it... July thirty first is the. Oh, I could. It's always July thirty first. They thought. Oh, maybe. Okay, I must, must have misheard. That's what I was thinking. Okay, yeah. correct. Sorry. Yeah, which is the same. So you, you July thirty first it ends and August first you wake up and find out everybody was traded. So um, yeah, we're not going to just talk trade deadline. We're going to talk trade deadline and through the end of the year. So my first burning question for you, sir, is penicillin, and it kind of goes back before what we said was: is, is Adam Wainwright going to pitch for the Cardinals again? Yes, but I don't think in a complete game. Is that because he's going to get shellacked? Yes. He's going to get shelled when he goes out there? I just think the most important thing about an athlete or anybody in anything, and it's easy for us to sit here and quarterback it um, all day long, is you just you have to know when you're done. And I'm, that is a very, very hard thing to do, I would assume, because, I mean, well, look at you. You spent 31 years in the military. Yeah, You could have quit 11 years, years ago. ago. But um, as long as you still enjoy it. But, you know, with pro athletes, you can still enjoy it all the time, but it's – once you're a burden to the team, you you know you got to show some not humility. I don't know if that's the right word, but reflection and go. I just I can't do what I used to do effectively, and I'm hurting the team as helping as much as I would like to to be here. So, like I said earlier in the show, I'd love to see him come out last game, or did I say that we? I can't remember if we were off air or not, but I would love to see him come out the very last game, throw one pitch at our last game at Bush, throw one pitch, and then just have his moment. Yeah, I think that's a good take. Um, I think that my personal feeling is that, um, well, I've said this from the beginning, I think he's a 60-day IL guy, and he's going to pitch the last game of the year against Cincinnati. Not a team that he's had a lot of success against. He hasn't had uh, a lot of success against anybody this year. This year, but I mean, oh, in I, his oh, career, he yeah. hasn't had much. But most of that's been at, at the ballpark there at Cincinnati. But I think Slow that, pitch uh, softball field. I think that he will come out there. I think that he will come out there and uh, they'll give him a shot to, you know, go out the right way. You know, storybook ending, maybe he goes out there and he throws seven innings and, and, and gets it done and, and he walks off the mound with his head up high, which is what you would hope would happen. Um, do I think that will happen? Probably not. And I think that Cincinnati won't be laying down at that point because they'll be playing for a playoff spot. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I, th- I I really hope it works out for him because the guy's given a lot to the city. He's given a lot to the ball club. And yeah. He's, and he's a really good Great person. guy. And you hate to see him. My only thing with your seven innings would be great, but I would just hate from the start and just get shelled. Yeah. Well, he's been doing it all year, so it would be. But, I mean, for the last time out, I mean, like I said, you have the ser- almost like a ceremonial throughout the first pitch. Hopefully the leadoff hitter takes it. You know, he has his moment, like the battery mains yeah. with the, um, what was it, against the Brewers, uh, Yelich sat there and just took the pitch. Yeah. You know, it was a cool yeah. thing. It was a yeah. nice moment. Because to me, that'd just be a good way to go out because I would just hate to have that risk of him possibly just getting shelled. And you would hate – I think Cardinal fans would hate to see him get destroyed. Almost like remember me as I was. And so here's something that um, a lot of people may forget because a lot of folks were like, well, I don't want to see him go out like that. It would have been really nice if he would have gone out when, when him and – Yachty and Albert walked off the mound last year at St. Louis altogether. And remember, that was not 
It was actually not Yachty and Albert's last game because they played a three-game set in Pittsburgh after that three-game set here. Right. But they all walked off the mound together. That was Adam's last game of 2022 pitching. And people were like, well, that would have been great if that would have been the end. Well, guess what? He pitched like shit that game, too. <laughs> he got shellacked. He pitched four and two-thirds. He gave up six earned runs in that game. So it wasn't like he went out on a high note on that one. Very well. That's a good high uh, note. Did you like that? Yeah. Broke some glass. It's no, I high note here. I agree with that, too. And, you know, it's it's. I have a lot of memories of Adam Rainwright. Um, gosh, we can't talk. A.W. <laughs> I have a lot of reasons of A&W. Speaking of A&W, I could use one of their root beers. But, so, you know, when I was, obviously, I'm younger than you, so my first World Series experience in the Cardinals being good was 04. It's because at that point, that was the only time I remember, outside of the Rams, like, somebody from St. Louis actually making it. had been so let down. Yeah. The Blues not going there. God, 04 sucked. And uh, they were such a good team. Yeah, that team was awesome. They ran into a buzzsaw. Well, that, they, honestly, they didn't have great pitching on that team. No. But, um, so Wainwright, you know, I remember exactly where I was when he struck out. That was 06. Yeah, in 06, I'm saying fast forward to 06, exactly where I was when he struck out Beltron. I mean, that was just a nasty, nasty pitch. But going back to, I'm like, I'll always remember that. Because at Ellsworth Air Force Base, we were having a costume party. I was dressed up like Alice Cooper. (laughs) And everybody else was partying. And so, you know, the TVs back then still weren't what they were. So we were outside. I'm just leaning up. Everybody else is partying. And I'm watching this thing. And we're in base housing because one of my airmen was married. I say my airmen. I was at A1C at the time. And uh, it was a Friday night, Friday or Saturday night, something like that. Uh. Saw the strikeout, and it was surreal. And I just ran around base housing, acting like it was junior enlisted base housing. It was Looking like Alice Cooper. Looking like Alice Cooper, (laughs) dumping beer on myself. Were you in a corset? (laughs) I don't remember what I was. He used to wear a corset He did. He did. But I don't (laughs) think the cool thing is I don't think anybody remembers. They probably thought I was Alice Cooper just dumping beer. That's fine. South. I was feeding my Frankenstein, but I will always remember that. So I will, like I said, but to go back to what you're talking about with Molina and Pujols and you know Wainwright going together, well, Wainwright didn't re- didn't come out with them. Pujols was here in '02 as a rookie. Molina was '04, and it was when was his rookie Mil- Wainwright's rookie year was '06. Yes. Memory serves me correctly. So. Because it, Wainwright has often talked on the radio about when he saw Pujols hit that bomb off Brad Lidge um, in 05, yeah. that that was like the turning point of his career because he was on the roster but didn't make it because I guess he wasn't working hard enough and wasn't taking it seriously. And so that was kind of the thing. But like, so they just, they never really were to, together as far, you know, like the, it seems like the fans always made it like the those three came out together and just did everything together well, for I mean, the career. Not at the exact same year, but right. I mean, they, they had a five-year stretch where they were together playing pretty high-level baseball. True, but it's only five years compared to – it's not like they were all here at the same team. Of course, Pujols left, chased the money. Fine, I would have done the exact same five thing. Five years is a pretty big run for three well, players together. I guess together. back then, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's just kind of my own personal yeah. you know, uh, take on it. Sure, it would have been great. Knowing Why are you trying to – Drive a wedge through the three amigos, man. I'm not. They drove a wedge through themselves. No, no. Pujols One drove a wedge. One player drove a wedge through. <laughs> but, and you know, that also cracks me up, too. Everybody talks about, well, how, he's got no loyalty to the team. I would have never done that. I was like, nobody's offered <laughs> you $275 million or whatever it was yeah. to do anything. Yeah, whatever. You're and, not that um, good at anything yeah, in your life. <laughs> ex- exactly. So, but, yeah, and it's, it, you know. It, the 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 sword is sharp on both edges, 
in the point. I'm sure if Wainwright uh, knew then how the, if if he knew how this year was going to plan out, may, may he sure well. would have retired. Who wouldn't have? Buyer's remorse there. But I guarantee you, the dude's a competitor, and that's what like you know outsiders like us look at. It. Well, you got to know when it's done. You got to know when it's done. But like you said. When you've done this for 20-some years or like yeah. Brady or coming, that's all you know. And when that's gone, your life revolves around it, training camps, all that stuff. It's tough to it's tough to know when it's done. And if you think you're still going to compete, and I'm sure he did, think he could compete at a high level, yeah, well, okay. And if the Cardinals are going to pay him $17 million, I think it is this year. Or yep. fit, yeah, no, why not? Okay, cool. But I, I, I feel for the guy. I really do because it is – not even as a Cardinals fan, it is tough to watch him on the. It's tough. It's like watching one of your best friends just get beat up. Yeah, it's, and it, it's sad. It is, and it's and he's and again what we said earlier. The guy is such a good dude. Yeah, um, charity, charitable and work everything. he does. You know, he's just a he's just a good person. Well, a good dad. That, he has a great guy, and you know the way when he shut off his Twitter, got out of that. Some of the things people were saying about him. I mean, that's that's garbage. That is. So that also well, Cardinals. We have the best fans in baseball, really, because we didn't show it that day. That wasn't classy yeah, that was at all. Class, right there. So, so let's hope he comes back again. Let's hope he has one more, you know, ride to to go out uh, on a high note. So, so the trade the trade deadline is looming. It's only uh, you know a little under three weeks away, two and a, two and a half weeks away. And president of baseball operations, the bow tie, John Mozalek, has. Come, come out and said the Cardinals are going to make moves. Um, whatever that means, I don't know. He also said are they that getting our, a new janitor. Or? He, well, he also said that our payroll was going to increase significantly last year, and I guess that payroll increase was signing Adam Wainwright to seventeen million per year. Um, so there's going to be some trades. Uh, you know, in his in his ambiguous self, he he made it sound like oh, I can't really comment on who you know what level of talent that sort of thing, but. Let's let's walk through it. Let's look at it and say, who do we think is going to be moving uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals at the trade deadline? Who do you think is going to be moving, or who, do you want to start with who's the untouchables and then progress from there, or do you want to go moving first? Let's go moving. First. Let's go moving first because yeah, you, well, you're moving into a new house. That's a hot topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so who's moving? I number one on I my list. Off the top of your head, who who, who that? Well, because dude's the Cardinals going. obviously this year are sellers. We're in agreement they're sellers. Oh, they're yeah, not going to trade. Jack Flaherty's got to go. I well, think, okay, but I think Flaherty's gone. I think Flaherty's gonna go, and I think Flaherty is upping his value for us. <laughs> I mean, he's he's he hasn't given up an earned run in his last twelve and two thirds. I think he's probably got two more starts before the trade deadline, maybe three. Outline. It depends on how they set up the rotation going forward. I heard it's Michaelis. I heard Michaelis tomorrow, Matt's Saturday, and I think Flaherty Sunday. And beyond that, they haven't announced anything. Um, so depending on how they set it up, he may get three starts. And depending how he looks, his value is swinging up. I mean, his his ERA over the last uh, six weeks has steadily gone down. And outside of, I mean, it. it He's had three really bad outings this year, like really bad. And if you take those away, and I know you can't because they happened, but if you take yeah. those away from his from his stat line, it it's pretty respectable. Yeah, he has not been bad at all today, like or this year. I mean, not the ace and but just he's had some weird down. outings like that. He has had like some weird day, outings. He had, 
He second had, second game. Second game, second yeah, game. where he had what he had ten walks or whatever it was. Yeah, it was bad. But he didn't give up an earned run. Right. So that's weird. <laughs> You're like, so you got the win, I think, Wait, but you innings, you no threw a hundred and one pitches in five innings. Yeah, it was no nuts. one. Yeah, it was nuts. It's but like I, a stat line from uh, rookie of the year. Rowan Gardner throws a wild pitch, hits a man, throws a homer, and still manages to get the save as the Cubs hold on to win uh, five to four. So I think we both agree Flaherty is gone. Yes, I think he's gone. And yes. you know what? I don't know where he's going to go, but he's gone. Uh, yeah. So he's. I think he's going to be a rental. Well, what's his contract? He's, he's a free agent after. This. So he's got. He's a rental for a contender, maybe back end guy, and then probably signs a different deal, different team next year. Yeah, would be my guess. On the West Coast, most likely. But who's going to want him? I think the Dodgers will go after him. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's going to go there and just deal for whatever reason. But I will they've, say they've this: got some, they've got some busted up arms on that team. If there's ever a um, time that Cardinals fans need to pull for Jack Flaherty, it's like you said: it's in these next two or three starts. Yeah. This dude throws like a no-no. Great, sweet, <laughs> get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, who else? Oh my gosh! I'll give you one. I got. I've got Jordan Montgomery. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 another one. He's a free agent after this year, and he's been the most dependable pitcher on the staff. So I think uh, in his outings, his last three or four outings have been really really solid as well. So I think he's pitching his way into a good a little bit of value. Um, and he's a lefty, so he's got that going for him. So I I think it's very likely that you see uh, Jordan Montgomery going elsewhere at the trade deadline. I agree with that. Um, it's just, it's always a tough bait to swallow. Tough bait to swallow. I don't know, fishing reference. It's tough bait to swallow? It's, it's so. You when swallow I, bait? Do fish swallow the bait? Yeah, you usually, you know, they swallow that the hook. That sucks because then you don't get your hook back. You yeah. You get your bait back. But then you, you usually just eat the fish because it's it's tough to save a fish after they swallow the hook in the bar. Yeah, but you don't, they don't, that part's not in the part you cook. No, I'm just saying it sucks for the fish. Because they usually don't recover from that. Because if you pull it out, the barb kind of well, you know, I'm you know I'm getting to be more of a humanitarian. When you fish, the older I get. But anyways, what I'm simply saying is, you 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 traded for him last year. You gave up a very 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 good defensive center fielder. Yeah. And then if he so, and then you're you're hoping that you're going to be a contender this year, and then you let him go, or he gets traded this year. So I'm it's almost sitting there going, well that sucks. We gave up Bader for this. Of course nobody it predicts what the you future. get on the flip side. So then you're you're what you're really looking at is what you know. Let they get a let's see they get a young arm who becomes a stud. Right. So you traded Bader for this young arm. So yeah, but you have to look at it that way. That, that's a good way to look at it. Hopefully people will, but uh, um, I just don't see the way the Cardinals fans will will do that. Yeah. But it is what it is. Who else you got moving? <sighs> Do I want to say it or can I save it to the to the end? I don't, say it. I don't want to say it right now. It hurts my heart. Oh, you're such a candy. It person. hurts my heart. Uh Hennessy's Cabrera. I got him leaving. That's not the one that hurts my heart. Nobody's gonna take him. But we even talked about before. Lefty throws he's heat. He's been terrible lately. He has, but but like you said, he's lefty who throws smoke. Yeah. Nobody's gonna I mean, take there's him. Always, but. There's always a market for that, but He's been bad. Well, maybe. Do you think if he had like a pitching coach that was actually has experience in mm. professional baseball that could mm. get him shaped up? Mm. Not Captain Duke? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, I'll say my. Oh, one for sure, I think, is gone is Paul DeYoung. 
I think he's going to go to a contender, rental, and then somebody will pick him up. Is he uh, a free agent this year? He's still a he is. More nope, year. free agent after this year. Free agent after he's this done. year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about your boy, Tyler? I don't want to talk about it. Well, I think Tyler. So, I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm based 50, off the 50. way he's handled, been handled, you would think he's going to get traded, but he still has another year. He's right. not a free agent. No, and he's, uh, I think it's 4.2, no, 3.75 mil. He's arbitration eligible, too. This yes. Is last year of arbitration eligibility. So, so I'm I'm 50-50. It would not surprise me either way come the trade deadline if he's a Cardinal or he's gone. Because the reason I'm not saying, yes, he's got a lot of potential and there's probably he's probably very attractive to people yeah. and clubs, but again, you have to be available. You have to play. And so this is why I'm really I'm waiting for that activation announcement to come from the Cardinals because if they ever if he ever needs to go out and if he if, if he wants himself to not play for Marmol and be a different you know, on a different ball club yeah he needed to come out and rake the yeah, next three does. weeks he does but at the same time if he does do you keep him yeah because he's well, he's a good defensive outfielder well it's also very cost effective he, yeah he's cheap yeah. And especially then, because then the Cardinals could use that. Hey, well, you're hurt all the time, so maybe we'll, if he if he comes out and has a good, okay, we'll give you five million per year or something, and just keep nickel and diamond it. Yep. Because he he and Scott Morris have to understand. Okay, yeah, you're arbitration eligible, but again, you've been on a sixty day IL. He's been you, on a sixty day IL for a hundred and whatever day. <laughs> that was May fourth. Yeah, he's been on a sixty day IL times two. But again, I just a lot of ball clubs are going to you know take that into uh, perspective. I think. You know, okay, what are we going to pay this guy if he's not there? Now, part of that goes to, I, I feel bad for him because I know we talked about it on shows before. He spent majority, he was back in St. Louis in late October after the season, worked the entire time with the St. Louis club doctors, the medical evaluation, all this stuff. And it's still, and everybody, well, he's, and I love all the comments. Well, he's just a bodybuilder. He's not a ball player. Ball was like, his body is what it is. I pay no attention. Exactly. But his body is what it is. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I think a good fit for him if he does go somewhere is the AL East. I'm talking the Baltimore Orioles, jump right in, and he might even go to the Yankees. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine that lineup if it was healthy with yeah. John Carlos? Lot, that, that's a lot. Imagine of Imagine the total number of days on the IL that team. Well, that's a lot too. In the it's outfield a, alone. It's a gamble. Yeah. It's a gamble. Um. So yeah, I think I, I'm a, I'm with you. I don't think O'Neill's a certainty to be gone. I don't think so. Uh, I think Chris Stratton is going to be gone. Who the hell is that? Oh, you mean they're great. Yeah, I know. Didn't we get him from Pittsburgh? Uh, I believe so. Uh, I think he'll be gone. Um, I think Andrew Kisner is going to be gone. I think so, too. Uh, I think with the emergence of Yvonne Herrera, especially the year that he's had in the minors, I think offensively he offers you so much more than Kisner does. And off, I think defensively they're kind of a wash. Yeah, they're about the same. So both have noodle arms. Put the kid up. And I'd rather have play. Herrera than Kisner, honestly. Yeah. I think he's more um, of a threat at the plate than anything. And then did you did you pull the the roster? Up? Yeah, I have it up. I have it up. Uh, who else? Throw a player out there. Let's see. Um, Burleson. No, he's staying. Why? Because he got naked pictures of Mosellock doing yeah, something funny with it. I don't he's know. He's young. Dude won a batting title last year in AAA. I and mean, what's a slow pitch? But he's a one-way player. I agree. I just don't think he's gone. I don't think we talk about mm, guys who are gonna, gone. That okay. Uh, there's okay. a lot of club control. There. We'll start in the outfield. Uh, Dylan Carlson. Potentially. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who you think are like on the I, Newport could be. 
Yeah, I mean, Newt Bar is a guy who over the over the over the uh, off season was somebody that a lot of people had interest in. Would you be upset if they traded Carlson this year? But he was the piece. I know Juan Soto no, isn't no. up to no. okay, so you wouldn't care if they traded him this year and not for Juan. If he was, no. if he was a deal, if he was the key piece that didn't get that Juan I wasn't Soto crazy deal about done. the Juan Soto thing. I wasn't either, but St. Louis just seemed to grip on the because I knew the media. that Juan Soto was only going to be a two year thing, and, right. and there's no way Cardinals were going to sign Juan Soto. Okay, and like you said, Lars Newbar. So uh, Lars Newbar's he's the one that a lot of people were after, um, but I, I think. The other equation going into this is who do they really look at as, hey, this is one of our guys for next year. And I think Lars Newbar is one of those guys. I think so, too. But I think he has a lot of sex appeal to other teams because he's good but not great. And I think that sums up the Cardinals roster for a long time once we lost Molina. He's He's good but not great. He's really young. He is really young. And he gets on base a lot. He does get on base. And he's fast. And he plays good attitude. He plays fast. He's got pop. Got a hell of a pepper grinder. He's <laughs> the leading the league in pepper grinders. Yeah, he is. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think he's a lock at all to be gone. I don't think, I don't think Dylan Carlson is a lock to be gone. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he was. But I think, it, I think there's potential for me. So obviously Mo has a lot of. Hey, I traded this guy and he became a star. Hey, I traded this guy and he became a star. I think there's a lot. That's going to be in the back of Dylan his head. Carlson, who's only 24 and who has a lot of tools. That he would be the next one that you trade him and he goes somewhere else and he blossoms. You know, honestly, my buddy and I were talking about this as well because um, he follows baseball, played college ball, you know, knows what he's talking about. And and it's mainly with Cardinals outfielders that you're talking about. And there might be just probably maybe not as much as hesitation with uh or with uh, as there is Carlson, but he might have some of that hesitation with O'Neill. And I know because uh, o- I, don't, I don't think so. Maybe a little bit. Well, hear me out. I mean, you could not think that. I think so because here, if he goes, if either one of those guys get traded and they go to another team and just rake, it's just going to be the same circle. Here we go again. Here we go again. That could be just a one-off. But at the same time, I don't think, given what we've seen out of Dylan Carlson, seeing him in person, his body size, I ne- I just don't think Carlson will ever be a 30 home run guy in a year. He'll never. Carlson is a good major league ball player. I think that's it. That's all you're going to get out of him. Uh, well, the problem is he's a switch hitter who can't hit from one side. Right. So he's basically just a fake switch hitter. What I'm saying is the way that everybody portrayed about him, like this guy was going to be the next, you know, um, let's say not even, I don't know, um, Chipper Jones or some one of these big names that, you know, obviously Jones was an infielder. But Carlson, I just, Carlson isn't the dude that he was made out to be when he first came up. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. And I think the difference between, you brought up O'Neill again, I think the difference between O'Neill and somebody like Randy or Rosarina is – or Adalas Garcia. Uh, Tyler O'Neill got his chance. And, you know, they gave him a few years. He, he, he was not available. He played a great one year. He won, a, he won a gold glove in a strike short year. He played great the next year, won a gold glove again. And then two years of constantly on the IL. So he's had his chance. He right? has. Well, hear me out. I will. A Rosarina. He Never got, got a chance. He got fifty games, yeah. and he didn't even get 50 Never games. Got a it was a fifty game that's, season. That's a fair he didn't point. Get fifty games, yeah, and they a, and they shipped him away. That's Adalis a really Garcia fair point. got released. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even get traded. That that really sticks in my craw. Um, and so I, I think there's a little bit difference where, where you could you could sleep at night if Tyrone went somewhere and Elsa hit. But I wanted but, to go because I enjoy watching him play, which well, is like you said, have a man crush. Well, that's fine, but it's fun for me to you know cheer for a player. I don't know what it is. I, I have no idea what it is that I just I enjoy following his career. 
I, I get it, but because I, I think maybe because even when we first moved back in uh, 2017, no, 2018 to the area, he was, you know, that was when he got his call up and he, you know, was hitting, he was behind Marcelo Zuna, but it, it just seemed to be every game I went to, he was playing and dude just hit a bomb. And I'm just like, wow. And he was fast. He was making plays. He was, you know, cause he's only, you know, getting limited at bats behind Ozuna and things like that. But I will say this, he, I'm not gonna say thrived under Mike Schilt, but when he's away from, uh, Marmol, he plays better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the numbers prove it. Yeah, that's probably a couple of people like that. Well, you know me, I play better when I'm away from him. So, um, a couple other folks we probably should touch on is talk about whether they, you think they'll be gone. What about, um, the two guys who are kind of similar, Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmund. Oh, gosh. At this point right now, I would say Edmund would be more apt to go from a fan perspective than Donovan because they're just they're so close. Can we keep them both? Can we just clone them and keep them both? I love both of them. I do. They're hard-nosed. They're good ball players. They're very unselfish. Um, they don't really – they don't strike out like the power hitters as much. I what I like about them is I think they understand what they are and what they bring to the table, and they just work on that. They're not trying to be somebody that they're not and, you know, all of a sudden turn into a power hitter. I think they understand they're good, not great. And as far as great, you know, great plays. And they the good players will sometimes make great plays, but you want your good players to make the plays that you're supposed to make as opposed to just booting stuff. You know yeah. I mean? They'll yeah. give you a competitive at bat all Super the time. Dependable. Right. And they're there. And all they can play any position. I mean, you could probably strap some gear on and Donovan could catch. Might not be great, but he could yeah. do it, and he would do it. I think their attitude is where it is. If there's anybody who is still, quote-unquote, the cardinal way, those two seem to be on the roster right yeah. now because they just go out and do it. Yeah, I'm huge fans of both of them, I'm especially Tommy Edmund, a big Tommy Edmund fan. I think he's a really good human being, too. Well, yeah, um, 100%. So do I see one of them moving at the trade deadline? Yes, I, sure I do. do. I do. I just don't, <laughs> I don't know, know who it is. it is. I have no idea who's going to be. I think one of them's going to be gone. So, so we think there's going to be a lot of movement. I don't see a lot of movement on their pitching staff, other than because nobody know, wants them. <laughs> other than Montgomery. Um, well, there's one we didn't talk about. Jordan what, Hicks. Jordan Hicks. What about Jordan Hicks? What's his contract? Do you he's know? He's done after this year. So he's a free agent. Yeah. He will probably go. I could see him going. Say he will probably go. These things are so hard, and that's why, honestly, like you don't think there'll be a market for a guy who throws a hundred. Well, that's what I'm saying. He will it? probably go, and that's why I just love sitting at home and taking a day off on trade deadline, just and watching MLB Network because yeah. it, there's always that big splash or just some weird random move that nobody saw. Case in point, Bader last year, nobody had well, Bader getting traded. That wasn't a trade deadline. That was on the day of. Was it? Yes, three hours it. before the end of it. Oh, I thought it was early. Mm-mm. Anyway, so. Yeah, I, I could 100% see Jordan Hicks going to a contender. Oh, a a contender. Because, honestly, you, you still have um, Helsley, who is, granted, he's having an off year, so you still, okay, you're like, okay, we'll get I rid think, of Jordan Hicks. I think and we there's some sour Hilsley. grapes there with Helsley, too, with arbitration last year. but I You know, I've never been through it, so I can't comment. But, uh, yeah, I know. you want to get paid. I mean, you do want to get paid, and that's fine. So it's like, all right, you're not going to pay. But I could 100% see Jordan Hicks going to... Oh, I don't know the Diamondbacks or somebody who's going yeah. to be in the, the Reds for God's sakes. Oh, that would be terrible. It would be terrible for them, but you know what? You get some inner talent. I'll give you. I'll tell you what. I'll give you Jordan Hicks for De La Cruz. <laughs> take it. I'm in. <laughs> I read I'm totally in on that. I'll give you two Jordan Hicks. I don't know where he'd play, but we, we'll take him. 
We'll find um, somebody's getting benched. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk in uh, not just local media, but also national media about Goldschmidt, about Arenado, about some of the other guys. Um, so let's walk through this. Who, who, and I won't just say on the active roster because I want to go deeper in that. Organizationally, who is uh, not touchable? Who do you think is not? You talking forty-man roster all the way down to minor leagues or just everything? Well, yeah, in minor leagues too. Okay, Jordan Walker. Yeah, great. untouchable. Yeah, they're not. They, they, there is zero chance of that guy going anywhere. And I'm really happy that he's coming back up. Uh, or he's his second stint this year is is what it is. He's gone back to what he knows, and he's hitting the ball well, and um, all that. So I'm happy for him. Another untouchable. I don't care what people say in the news. And I agree with you. We talked about this during the break, and we've talked about it on the text back and forth. I don't believe the all the articles with Arenado. Yeah, I don't either. I don't Absolutely, that's not. just to me. That's just people trying to sell a newspaper or sell a headline. Well, and, and and also if you look at it from a business standpoint, I mean, unless somebody came along, and you could say this about any player in baseball, I don't care who they are, if somebody comes along and just dumps a huge, unbelievable trade offer to you for a player, you're going to consider it. Correct. I just don't see it happening. Um, I think Arenado is absolutely untouchable. He's got five more years of contract. It's a very team-friendly contract since Colorado decided to pay a whole bunch of it for us. Um, that was nice of them. And we didn't I give up much that. for no. him. I mean, no. Um, is that going to go down as one of I don't the think, worst moves in baseball for the Rockies? I don't think Paul Goldschmidt's going anywhere either. I don't think so either because because I just don't think we're going to re-sign him after next year. He's a free no. agent, 2025. Yeah, he's got one more year. Uh, I think that I think he'll get a contract extension for at least two years, um, and he's another one. He's still very productive. He's a great presence around the younger guys that are around this on this team. Uh, I, I just I think that's people creating. Could, could it be a good business move? Of course, it could be a good business move. You know, and I think there's if there's positions opened up if if he went first base would open up for say Jordan Walker or somebody or you know Norman, Nolan Gorman could go over there and play. Um, I, I think he is an untouchable, no matter what they're saying in the in the media. I think Nolan Gorman's an untouchable. I agree, one hundred percent. But of those three, I think he's the most likely that could go if if one of them was going to go. And the reason I tell you that is not from a positional standpoint because he's a left-handed power source, right? Correct. What did we just draft? The uh, outfielder from Arizona, Chase, Chase Davis. Chase Davis, uh, left-handed, left-handed power source. Power source. Yeah, with probably the best swing in the entire draft, who's probably not going to be that many years away. No, I like that draft pick. I thought that was a solid, solid pick, but yeah. which also tells me there's going to be some um, – um, gosh, I just completely lost my train of thought. Well, with that outfield draft pick, maybe some outfielders are going to be on the move Yeah, I mean, next year. Or he's going to be know. a few years away, but um, I think he's definitely going to be a – can you imagine if he, if, he, if he turns into what they think he is? Him and Jordan Walker together in the outfield. Whew. I don't know how athletic he is as far as a fielder, but he's better than Jordan Walker. So, switching gears a little bit for another guy who's really untouchable, who we hadn't even talked about. I think Wilson Contreras is untouchable, not because of his performance, but because of his contract. I mean, <laughs> you just signed him a free agent contract over the winter. You're not moving him anywhere, and nobody's gonna no. pick up that contract anyway. I just yeah, and not yeah exactly. Just because it's the, the big amount of money. So, so and Stephen Matz is untouchable. Well, not untouchable, but nobody wants him. He's not going anywhere. Right, he's got two more same, years of contract. Same problem. Uh, speaking of Wilson Contreras, so Wilson. aside from all the other nonsense that's surrounded him this year, 
Another report comes out from Michael Kay out in New York uh, stating that part of the problem with Contreras and the pitching staff this year is that Contreras is calling pitches that the pitchers don't have in their arsenal and that that was a cause of friction on the team. And, you know, if that's the case, um, shame on the Cardinals staff for, one, bringing in a guy who is that dense to not understand how to know what your staff throws, and two, not correcting that course during the season. I mean, that that should be apparent the first time it happens. And, oh, by the way, pitchers, shake it off. If he right. calls a pitch you don't exactly. have, shake like, it off. Like the Taylor Swift song? Shake it off. Yeah, just right off your shake shoulder right off. there. But, I mean, and then, but then, that's just another uh, notch in the belt, if you will, on the – absurdity that has been the Cardinals season with coaching the coaching staff. It's like, what, what the hell are you guys even talking about? What do you mean? He's calling pitches that they didn't know. Isn't that what spring trainings for and meetings and pregame type stuff? It begs the question, what, what are you doing? The players don't look bad this year. Granted, they're not performing. I think the biggest story is just how incompetent this coaching staff is when it comes to things like that. Yeah. That's, that's just absolutely unacceptable. To me, that's a, it's horrible scouting in the first place when you go to sign a player, not understanding. He's got great tools because he's got a great throwing arm, uh, but not understanding his ability to call a game. But if it's true, I don't know if it's true or not. And if it is ha- happening, uh, immediate course correction. That's, that's mind-boggling to me. You can call a timeout. I think you get six mound visits. <laughs> yeah, call them. You could take one yeah, and figure it out. When you walk out, out there and, and Miles Michaelis runs his fingers through his mustache and goes, hey, dude's called for a – Knuckleballs. I don't throw that. <laughs> no. Okay, well, maybe don't call for that anymore. Look at Wilson and go, hey, dude. Uh, let's get two. Yeah. Candlesticks uh, make a nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I'll tell you what. Weird. That's uh, that's the Cardinals' first half of the season this year, and that's the direction they're going. So, just keeps putting a bad taste in my mouth every time I look at it. Yeah, I kind of like that citywide beer. Oh, no, right? you shut. You summer shandy? That's not even a shandy. What is a shandy? I don't know. Your it's name's shandy. Fruit. Um, a shandy is a fruit? It's a beer with fruit. What, does it, I asked what a shandy is, and you said it's a fruit. It's a beer with fruit. Okay, but a shandy. I All give right. up. I give up. Yeah, please do. I quit. Uh, so let, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> let's uh, let's take another break. All right. And then we will come back, and we'll talk about what's going around around the league. I like around the league because I get to talk about my Diamondbacks. All right. I say my Diamondbacks. They're not mine. They're just kind of my surprise follower. I'm with you, man. So Let's uh, do it. We'll be back in a, a few minutes. This is 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Heck yeah. All right, we're back here on 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Um, hey, you know, so we covered the Cardinals first half. Let's talk about what's going on around the uh, the rest of the major leagues. And, Indeed. Uh, I'll go through, you know, real quick, I'll go through uh, the standings cross baseball which you know we've done that pretty much every time we've gone through so Tampa still up ahead but that lead has whittled down significantly Baltimore's only two out now I'm excited about I that know, right? I am yeah. super excited I will so root to watch. I will pull for any team that has a bird as their mascot They're coming up on 20 games over 500 man That's that's fascinating what a turnaround That is awesome good for them I um, hope they win the whole thing And in that division Toronto's climbed out of the cellar and is in third place now they're seven games back, but, but I mean, still, it's a good story. Playing better. Playing uh, better. Cleveland, 
is uh, ahead in the Central now, uh, in, in the AL Central, which I still believe is the worst division in all of baseball. I think it's the worst division of all sports. They're 45-45 and 45 with the division lead half game up on the Twins. Uh, Texas is up on uh, Houston. Their lead's only two now. And uh, of note in that division is that the LA Angels have kind of fell back. They were playing pretty strong there for a little bit, but they they are who we thought they were. As Dennis and we let him off the hook. We let him off the hook. <laughs> yeah, so you want to crown our ass? They fell crown back. Them. So Atlanta running away with the NL East, even though Miami's having a really strong year behind them. They're still eight and a half out. 14 games over 500, they're eight and a half out because Atlanta is just a damn juggernaut, man. They are really, so really good. good. I mean, they're just, it's tough to find a weakness. Yeah. And I don't even use that they are word. So strong. You just find, okay, you're not weakness, but you just might not be the best on the team. <laughs> Cincinnati uh, is up in the uh, only by game up in the uh, NL Central, which the division has become a little bit stronger. With uh, they're nine games over five hundred. I thought you know they had that streak and they played really well, and I thought they'd come back to earth a little bit. They really have. They're just they, kind of hovering. They're in orbit. They're playing pretty they're good. Just they're just there. They're just there. Yeah, they're, that's they're, good. They're 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 my pick to win the NL Central. I think I said that a couple games yeah, or a couple of shows ago. They're my pick. And then over in the West, the Dodgers have overtaken. Or I'm sorry, they're tied still. The Dodgers and the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks are tied for the lead over the NL West. Diamondbacks are going to pull away with that one. Do you think so? Pull away? Well, it depends on what they do. Well, at the trade. okay, define pull away. They're going to win. Depends on what they do at the trade deadline. That's true. Trade deadline coming so, up. So, so that's the standings right now. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the league leaders. So, you know. Going in at the halfway point, kind of want to look at some of the, and it's all compiling stats. You know, it's not. I'm not getting into advanced stats like who's leading in war and who's leading. No, you know any of that kind of stuff. Most of our and listeners definitely not imaginary like, stats like what's their hard hit rate. Right, I hate that stuff. Because I think Alec Burleson is leading the league in hard hit rate. <laughs> but batting like what two seventeen? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so in the American League, Andy Diaz is uh, leading the league at three twenty three with Bo Bichette and Masataka Yoshida. What a great name! Uh, that is. It's like poetry coming off your lips. Um, what was that? Uh, what was the line from uh, Blazing Saddles? Man, you use your tongue prettier than a three-dollar whore. No, hooker. <laughs> I think it was whore. No. Either way, yeah, it is hooker. Uh, um, so that was Slim Pickens. Um, uh, Otani's Tag leading in home runs with thirty-two uh, RBIs in the American League. Adalas Garcia sitting at seventy-five, and Ruiz from Oakland. Has 43 steals to pace the league. Over in the National League, your boy, Louis Arias. He's doing he it. He slipped. He's down to 383, bro. I just, that's such a hard number to get to. He is still 52 points ahead of the next guy, though. <laughs> still pretty good. Yeah, I'll give Acuna, it that. Acuna Jr. is at 331. I would venture to say that in today's Major League Baseball, 350 is the new 400. Uh, I, yeah, that's probably true. That's pretty rare to even hit 350. Exactly. So uh, uh, Matt Olson's leading the league with 29 homers with uh, Pete Alonzo and Mookie Betts behind him at 26. He puts people he's in also, the hospital. He's also leading the league in uh, RBIs with 72. Who's that? Who's that? Matt, Matt Olson. Oh, Matt Olson. Okay. Yeah. So, and then there's there's a lone Cardinal showing up in the top three in any of these. Arenado's in third in the RBIs in the National it's League. It's like we said again, you know, quietly just putting together – Another season. I think he's got 19 homers, 62 RBIs. He's hitting like 285. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know who's second in the league in RBIs in the National League? No. Ozzy Albies. 62. Be quiet. You're yeah. lying. You're lying to yourself. I am not. 
Oh, okay. Um, Acuna's leading the league <laughs> with stolen bases with 41, and then your boy Corbin Carroll is back there with 26. Yes. Um, as far as pitching, uh, in the American League, Shane McClanahan's leading the league in wins with 11. you got a couple guys with 10 behind him. Uh, Framber Valdez from uh, Houston is leading the league in uh, earned run average with 2.51. Kevin Gaussman. Yeah, but he's got uh, a 7-6 and six record. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah. Can they just not score for them? Yeah, apparently. Well, when your number one's going, you're going to face their number one usually. And maybe so. only pitching like five innings, and he doesn't Could make be. decisions. Could be. That's a fair point. Um, Kevin Gaussman's pacing the league with K's with 153, uh, and then saves Romano from Toronto. Uh, <laughs> Romano from Toronto. I didn't even notice that until I said it later. That's he's awesome. Got, he's got 26 saves. <laughs> Um, in the National League, Zach Gallon's got 11 wins to lead, to lead the league. He's tied with uh, Spencer Strider. And here's one that snuck up on me that I, I guess I wasn't even paying attention to. You know who's leading the league in ERA in the National League? No, sir. Sam, uh, I almost said Sammy Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw at 2.55. Oh, I'd like to get him and the yeah, Red Birds on the bat. He's got 10 wins, too, man. He's having a really good year. How old is he? I think he's 35, think, 36. Yeah, that's the thing. People are like, well, he's way too old. He's, he's down. I don't care how old he is. He's having he, a pretty damn good dude's year. Dude's 50 years old. He could still play. Bobby Orr, he played until he was like 90. That was Gordy Howe, actually. Same way. Same guy. They're the same player. That's what I meant. Um, and then for strikeouts, pitching uh, Spencer Strider, 166. He's leading all the major leagues. And then Alexi Diaz, instead of his brother Edwin, who's at home nursing that knee injury, he's got 26 saves uh, to lead the league. So that is a, a brief rundown of, of the league leaders and what we consider the important stats. But so, you know, knowing that, let's talk about who our midseason award winners are. So, well, on, who do you got? I And we're going to talk MVP Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and the manager. So go, I'm going to start with MVP, and you know a lot of times on the show we have two different players to talk about them, but there's just no no way you slice it up. Can you for the American League? You you, you just you can't throw another name in there. And there's one name, and it's Shohei Otani. Well, that's two names. That's his full yeah. name. Yeah, you just you just can't pitcher, hitter. Like you said, so some of his stats, you know, um, 103 hits already. You gave some 15 doubles. Uh, six triples, thirty-two ding dongs, seventy-one RBIs. I mean, three, three, and he said three hundred. Three, yeah, three hundred two, yeah, three hundred two. With a still an OPS of uh, one point zero five zero. It's the only one over a thousand in all of. I mean, so you could have a debate, but there's not. So there, when there's just a clear-cut winner, and I think even well, just take the, just use those stats. Yeah, he's okay. the MVP with those stats. Let's oh, not even talk about oh his pitching. By the way, yeah, he's a nasty ass pitcher. Seven and four with a three point three two ERA, one hundred thirty two strikeouts against forty three walks. So his his WAR right now is six, right? So halfway through the season, his WAR is six, and you know that's a cumulative stat, right? Yes. So wait, a cu- say that it's define accumulative. WAR is cumulative, so it it gather, It's a it's a compiling stat. Oh, gotcha. It's like a living think, document. People think that WAR is a ratio stat. It's not. It's a compiling stat. So by the end of the year, his WAR could likely be twelve. It's possible. That's a really high WAR. Now there's only uh, been like four. I think four. It's either six or four. I can't remember. Uh, twelve WAR seasons in the major leagues. Now you you can. The thing about his is that he's also compiling that from two different standpoints because he's compiling as an offensive player and as a pitcher. So it's a little bit skewed. 
so the other folks that I'm talking about that have had a 12 war have done it 100% just based off offensive production, which is incredible. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but, but you know, if we're talking double-digit war, that's amazing. That's an amazing season. So I, I had Otani as well. I agree with everything you said. I think he's hands down. He, he, my friend Jason Aker, who if he's out there listening, Otani is the MVP until he doesn't want to be the MVP anymore. Exactly. Until somebody not somebody dethrones him, and uh, you, like you say, you know, there, there's there is no debate to be had. So that's your AL MVP. Who do you got on the National League side? Oh, it pains me to say it. Well, like, actually, it really doesn't. I don't know why I said that. It's it's still it has to be uh, Ronald Acuna. Yeah, has I, to be I, I, in agreement again. I mean, you just—it is what it is. 119 hits, 79 runs, 25 doubles already, one triple. A little down that triples are hard to hit though. 21 home runs, 55 RBI. You know, gets on base, walks 44 times, and a 3.31 average for numbers that really matter. 990 you know, for, OPS. That's pretty solid. Yeah, he's so I mean, could, he could—he could easily be over a thousand by the end of the season. Here's what—here's what I'll throw to you from perspective in history. Uh, so he's the only player before the All Star break to be 20-40, I believe. Um, 4040 has only been done four times, right? And it's the last one was in 06. It was Alfonso Soriano. What so a great like, name. I wish the I first was guy Alfonso. 17 years ago, 4040. I mean, it's not guaranteed he's going to go 4040 because if he doesn't, you know, he's already got the stolen bases, but it depends on whether he gets home runs. But he could be 4080. That's incredible. That's never been done, not even close. That is incredible. Two players in history have done 3050, which I think is certainly going to happen with him this year. And the only two players that have ever done 30-50 are Barry Bonds and Eric Davis. Eric Davis from the Reds? Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember him. He had, he had a year where he had 27 home runs and 80 steals. That's impressive. Yeah. That'll, that'll get stuff done. I think it was 86. It's a good recipe for winning. Yeah, he was an amazing player. If he had stayed healthy, he would have been a, unbelievable. How, yeah, because if I recall, his career wasn't that long, was it? Or it was long, but he just kind of... Yeah, he, got, he had a lot of injuries. Poor yeah, guy. Because he was kind of narrow. He wasn't a big guy. And he played, yeah. played fairly reckless. Yeah, he just go all out yeah. and couldn't recover. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm again two just for can't. two. I totally agree with you. Can't what, do it. What about Cy Young on the uh, Cy Young? So we, on the AL side. we talked about this AL NL. So hopefully uh, the Cy Young and all these awards, since there is a DH and all of them, maybe we'll get compiled in one uh, league. Never like gonna do that. I'd be players awesome if they never did. Go for that. I don't, players union unions have that whatever. Uh, you know, I'm gonna throw on uh, a crazy name here at you because we could debate on this one and this is a guy who for the national league oh is, I we're doing american. oh i'm sorry okay well the american league oh my goodness i mean you got fran Baral does i like guy? it yeah even though his record doesn't show it i mean 2.51 era you know, he started 17 games complete games he's got one which is a rarity it was a leave the league yeah leave the league <laughs> one we're going for one I mean, so he's eaten up innings. He's got a, a 111 innings pitch, which I know, in 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 today's game is, is, is quite. It's a big number, and I mean, he's only given up seven home runs uh, in those 17 starts, and uh, his WHIP is 1.05. And you know, that's uh, good. That's a really good that's whip. a really good WHIP. And opponents are only batting 224 off of him. And I say only 224 is kind of average, but the only thing that could be a black eye 224 is not average. <laughs> well, I'm talking about well, you know, well, as far as hitters. It's slowly going down. I'm saying two, oh, two, um, so as far as, yeah, major league hitters and the strikeout rate and stuff like that, not to get into the advanced, advanced metrics. But the only thing that could be a black eye on his resume, unfortunately, is the record. The, you know, the seven and six and how the voters go. But, I mean, the guy's, guy's dealing. Yeah. It's it, When you look at those numbers, 
there's no way you all look like I can't believe you're seven and six. A only good one stat would be to know what the team's record is in games he's pitched. That is, yeah. I don't it's have that in different. front of me, but yeah, I'll do some more research. But that's my uh, American League. I like um, watching him pitch. He's good. Uh, my choice for the American League Cy Young's uh, Shane McClanahan from the Rays. Love that name. Eleven and one, two point five three, hundred one Ks. Opponent batting average two eleven. I the thing that may deter voters with him is his WAR is really low. That's. Uh, Pretty his, good. His war is only like one point three or something. So yeah, uh, I mean, still may, good. That you may know. draw some votes away from, but it's tough to, to look away from eleven and one. And you know he he's gotten healthy recently. He's had a little bit, of, been a little banged up lately. But he's uh, he, he they interviewed him over at the All Star break and he said, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. So he could come back really strong and and and, and maybe he finishes. You know, eleven yeah. and one is a great winning percentage. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know what the winning percentage is of the team and the games he started, but. That's a, by Tampa's record is probably pretty. It's a really interesting stat, but I wish that too would just it would be taken into account. So maybe for Cy Young, they should take away wins and losses because if you're that, I mean, that's an egregious statement. I understand, but you look. I think you look at the individual stats because if your team doesn't give you run support, I'm mean, gonna look at Bob Gibson way back. Hey, oh, we scored you one run. Now you got to win. Nolan Ryan <laughs> had a year where he won the ERA title and he only won like five games that year. And there was a lot of people saying that dude should have won Cy Young. That exactly. Year. So maybe so. it's kind of a. Well, anyways, but yeah, good choice. I like. Who do you got I on just, the National League side? We just did National League. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm I'm all. Uh, I was looking at McClanahan and thinking hockey because of McClanahan from the '80 Miracle Team. Yeah. What a uh, great last name. Robbie McClanahan. Yeah, he was good. So, anyways, I'm going to guy who's going to strike a blow for the old guys who is oh. having the season that we wanted Wainwright to have for the National League. I like Clayton Kershaw. That's a good choice. His Ten and four, ERA two point five five. Sixteen games started. Um, you know, innings pitch a little bit. You know, ninety five in this day and age in today's baseball is pretty good. I know that's kind of a meaningless stat to some people out there. It goes, but I mean, he's just getting out there and you know and and doing it. And is you know, um, hundred five strikeouts, so not too far off. You know, it's got that still got that nasty left handed. Left-handed, twelve to six, or uh, it's just a nasty, nasty curveball. And then you know, opponent's batting average against him is a a two sixteen, and his WHIP is one point zero five. Yeah, he's having a great year, and it was kind of under the radar. And there's yeah, exactly. And there's a case to be made there for a Cy Young Award. I'm good with it. So yeah, I'm I'm good with the the Clayton Kershaw choice. I would tell you that uh, you know, in, in sticking with what we talked about earlier about. St. Louis former Cardinals or Cardinal prospects that are out there doing good things. Are you going to do it again? Yeah, I'm going to go with Zach Gallon. Uh, 11 and 3, 3.04, 125Ks, opponent batting average 226 on a team that is really exciting. That's your boys out there, the Diamondbacks. Absolutely. Um, now, that's my choice, but who do I think will garner a ton of votes? Spencer Strider. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the Wonder fact that he's leading the league, tied for the league, leading the wins, and, tie, and he is going hands and away far away with the strikeout lead. I think, you know, that's sexy. That's some sexy stuff. Let um, me ask you a question when you get done with your thought. And I that's just it. Said it very much. Okay. So, and I don't know. So is the Cy Young voting done by, like, they do Hall of Fame sports writers and stuff, or is that a peer voting? Is that players that no, vote? I don't. peer voting. So who, who selects the Cy Young and all these? That's a great question. I think it is writers. I thought it used to be, I mean, some of these were selected by specific so organizations like the Sporting News and that sort of thing. So we should do a show about that. Maybe when baseball kind of hits a little stagnant, we wouldn't remember. Uh, excuse me, when we're transitioning in between baseball and football, let's talk about maybe just Hall of Fame. When we, we get talk into about award it. season, right? Award season, and yeah. should these things be elected by peers and not people who write columns? So I got a buddy. 
a good friend or just uh, oh, this this guy's a buddy so he really must be a jerk because every single one of them is oh, no, no, a, it's a good buddy he's oh a good buddy. it's a good buddy here well i knew it was coming uh, he is a sports writer for stars and stripes over in the pacific oh. and so he's very passionate about this maybe we could get him to chime in on this uh, he could be a call-in he because he and i've gone round and round about the, the idea of sports writers i can't wait. hall of famers and i can't you know, wait. obviously his views so he's skewed. for it yeah he's, yeah, he's for it yeah so, is it a conflict of interest? Yeah, it totally is. Man, All right, so let's uh, move on to Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year in the American League. Uh, I personally have the young Texan slugger Josh Jump sitting at 280, 19 homers and 56 RBIs. And uh, I, I think I would also be our guy Masataka Yoshida. I would be okay with him as well. That is my choice. But I would go with uh, Josh Jung in the American I agree with that. I mean, I like I like all. I just like Mashitake Yomashita because it's a great name. Um, but here's my question: <laughs> It's not though. Yomashita, it's Yoshida. Sorry, I yeah. I don't speak Japanese. Uh, I guess I don't read Japanese <laughs> not, either. Not, well, that's English. So <laughs> let me ask you this question though. So he's a rookie in the major leagues, yeah, but well, is it? Well, I'm just saying no, maybe Ichiro, that's something to same thing. Ichiro. Yeah, I I like it. I like a. I just sorry, hit the microphone for those of you that just uh, heard that. I'm I'm going with the uh, Mashitake. What about, I thought you like uh, uh, Adley Rushman out there in Baltimore. I do, but, well, let me, so as of right now, and I think I'll, I'm going with uh, Mashitake just because the Red Sox are the Red Sox, and I think that name sure. will carry more. Sure. And, and like I said, it's a skewed opinion, which I can't wait to have this conversation, it's because when you think of good baseball in the American League East, the first you know, especially in the last 20 years, the Baltimore Orioles don't come to mind, but the Red Sox are always there. Not there, but the Red Sox are just the Red Sox, kind of like the Cardinals. Now, if the if the Orioles go out and just all of a sudden go and get on an even a bigger tear and, you know, make a great run, then yes, Ali Rushman. Because, yeah, I mean, but how rare is a good switch hitting catcher? Yeah, I, I think that's going to matter. Uh, yeah, that's so, a I mean, good. I like it. I like them all. Power hitter, 12 homers, 273. His RBI numbers are a little low, thirty nine, but but also handles a pitching staff. This is a question. This is a question like when people ask you that has no answer, like in Friends. You know, what would you rather give up, sex or food? Mm. And he goes, Joey's like sex, huh, food, no sex, no food. He, and he goes, I, I want girls on bread. So, <laughs> I just don't, I like them all. I, I want to adopt them. What was that? Uh, Mike Myers and uh, yeah. uh, Mystery Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> I want to adopt them. So, so yeah, I so, like Ellie. I like them all. God dang. Uh, what about the National League? You know who I'm going with in. Oh, that's, I um, think it's the obvious choice, personally. Oh, gosh. Where did he go? I'm doing a complete brain fart. Yeah, Corbin Carroll. That's it. He just came up. A little double C, C squared. Corbin Carroll out there in Arizona. Dude's yeah. a stud. 289, 18 homers, 48 RBIs, 26 stolen bases. I didn't real. I mean, I, I guess I did because we talked about this before about him stealing a bunch of bases. But now, so look at those numbers 18 and 26. He's he's got a real solid shot at 30-30 in his rookie season and a real outside shot at 40-40. I yeah, I I like it. But let me ask you this question too. I like Corbin Carroll out there, I do, but is there a threat to him yes, with <laughs> Ellie De La Cruz? Yes. The most exciting young player in all of baseball in my book. So how many games do you have to play to count? So not count as a rookie year because I know that's a, a standard. So like if 
if um, say say Ellie Daily Cruz gets hurt or something and misses a uh, amount of games, and he plays next year, makes a roster. Yeah, there is a certain number. Like I the believe, benchmark, something like sixty or something. But I'm I'm not sure what it is, and it's not like um, so like there's a way there's a there's a calculation for like qualifying for the batting title. It's three point one at bats. Or plate appearance, something like that. Per, per number of yeah, games. you just per can't bat once and bat a thousand, and right. all of a sudden yeah. get it. You have to have a qualified number, which is a definitely yeah, and it's based fair. off the number of games that your team plays, or something like that. So it's, it winds up being like four hundred eighty at bats, or something like that. Four hundred eighty plate appearances. Um, but I think you know, depending on what happens in the second half of the year, I think Ellie Dela Cruz is a legitimate threat. Now, that's a hell of a lead Corbin Carroll has in the in the in the stats. Right. I mean, but there is a media uh, fire frenzy, around whatever word you want to use. That dude is exciting. He's a he's a highlight every. He is he he's a highlight every game. He's must see TV. He is MLB TV or MLB subscriptions. You know, owe that guy something because yeah. I'm sure their subscription rate is up. Yeah, Cincinnati's ratings and everywhere well, they is just gone because they black they, MLB blacks them out in the city. That's, yeah, that's true. But I just, you know, I almost want to just go to Cincinnati to watch this guy play in Cincinnati. I'll tell you what, man. So I had consecutive weeks where I was at the gym and I, I watched the night he hit for the cycle. I, I flipped that game on. What were you doing in the gym? I was working out. Oh, okay. And I flipped it on on, on the MLB. Network. It shows. And uh, I watched him hit for the cycle. Then the next week, he does the steal second, third, and home on two total yeah, pitches. Yeah, two pitches. The headline was wrong because <laughs> they said it was three pitches, but the, the um, uh, he stole he crazy. stole third, and the pitcher wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. Oh boy, just takes off running. Unbelievable. I love that. Love the energy. He is great for the game of baseball. Totally Don't good. tell me he's not. Yep. All right, uh, manager of the year. You know who I'm going with? Oh, Tory. Excuse me, Tory. Tory. Tory Lavello. Tori Lavello. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. I thought you said Joe Tori. No, not Joe Tori. <laughs> Old Tori. Tori Lavello, not Joe Tori. Tori Lavello. Okay, Tori so you're Lavello. going Arizona. Yeah, okay. Arizona Diamondbacks. National League, I got Skip Schumacher. And I know there's there's a case to be made for both. Sure. Should we have it? Because All right. So Diamondbacks, as I said right now, 52-39, uh, win percentage of 571. And probably the bigger surprise of the two. Bigger surprise because, as we discussed, not – they weren't supposed to be because of, uh, as as what they are. I hate to say supposed to be, but not as much maybe celebrated or talked about yeah. young talent coming up that maybe Skip Schumacher has to, uh, you know, still put in positions. But I just Diamondbacks are a great story. I'm happy for the totally. franchise. And, I mean, and they're they are threatening a juggernaut. I think both in of them. the Dodgers. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I don't care who wins. Yeah, I it, think it could both, go to both of them. Both teams are a great story. Both managers are a great story. I think you know Schumacher coming in there, stabilizing that team, following Mattingly. Um, I like Don Mattingly. So do I. He's just you know they needed that team needed a young manager who's more in touch with them. You know, just a uh, relatable, maybe yeah. a relatable type and deal for is, that type. He of has them. proven to be the guy. So I, you know, I'd be totally good with either one. So of them. what about on the American League side? Let me ask you this question real quick though. So okay. is uh. So Skip Schumacher, former Cardinal and former Cardinal coaching staff. Yeah. Does that hurt your heart that maybe he could have been? Why wasn't he a consideration for the Cardinals? Well, I mean, he he was the bench coach for Ollie last year. You know, so right? It's the same type of progression. So Ollie was the bench coach for Mike Schilt. He got picked to come up to move up to be the manager. And so when you know Schilt leaves, 
Ollie moves up. He brings in Scoop, Skip Schumacher. So he was on the he was only on the coaching staff for one year. True, but still a former Cardinal. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he got. You know, I. I do you think he was it. offered the position before Ollie? No, no, not at all. I pretty, I doubt very seriously he interviewed for it. Okay, I'm just saying. But man, that would be that would be uh, um, uh, awesome to have. I may be really, totally wrong on that. By the way, I don't know, but I I see that I understand the thought process from the front office of progression. It was this guy. You know, this guy was the bench coach. Well, he's obviously you're going to interview him. I don't think you're going to interview. You know. I, they could. Maybe they interview five candidates yeah, internally. Who knows? who knows? Who knows? Maybe we're probably just spitting in the wind here. They, well, I mean, what doesn't matter? They made the wrong selection. <sighs> no, come on. The guy's awesome. He's really he's really got the reins on that team type. Remember, Stop. there's a standard. Stop. Uh, AL, uh, AL manager of the year. Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Best record in AL. So, and I just, they're good, but. They're good every year, though. They haven't been good every year. Yes, they have. He sh- well, define every year. Uh, over like the last 10 years, they have like the third highest winning percentage. So, maybe he's the manager of the decade and the manager of the year. <laughs> or however long he's been there. Touche, sir. Well, I'm simply saying, I though. I think Joe Madden was there for some of that. Right, but he could still be there to, to c- continue to get a ball club ready. Is, you know, get your players ready to play is, is a yeah. superior job because it's different, you know. I was talking to somebody who played uh, minor league baseball, and we were talking about managers, you know, and we talked about X's and O's in one of the shows. There's li- there's probably less X's and O's in baseball than there is in football, and you you know you manage every you know basically every night as opposed to a football coach where you get the Sunday game and 17 games now and then the playoffs. So for somebody who so to keep your team and your players ready to play, you know, day in day out has got to be a time test. You know, that's maybe some of the other so. Some of the other, you know, bench coaches and stuff deal with whatever X's and O's they are. So this guy to keep him motivated and still keep playing every year, yeah, give him the award. I like it. Who else in the American League? Who else? Yeah, Brandon Hyde from the Baltimore Orioles. That's just young players going out and balling. Okay, uh, about Bruce Bochy from Texas. Bruce Bochy's been around since Vietnam. <laughs> I mean, not okay. Sorry, the Vietnam conflict. I mean, okay, maybe not as long as a country's been around. I don't know. I like Kevin Cash. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with that choice. I, I, I'd like to see Brandon Hyde. I think Kevin Cash may have already won it. Uh, Is there a rule that says you can't win it again? No, it's not like, uh, what's that thing where you can't win it two years in a row? Uh, uh, Brandon Hyde, I, I, I like him because I like the, you know, obviously I like the Orioles. We both like the Orioles. Um, I like what do. he's doing with that young team, motivating them, getting them playing together, making them understand team ball and how everybody's important. Here's so, what I don't like so much about it as they're so young. The Orioles, that team might get split up, but that's a conversation for another time with general managers yeah. and stuff I like mean, that. I mean, they don't have a great history of keeping their team together. So. Big payrolls and stuff like that. So let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk uh-uh, to uh-uh. – That was the gear shift. We, we talked about what Cardinals will be on the move before the uh, before the trade deadline. Let's talk across the league and pick a, just pick a couple of players, maybe three players, and, and tell me who you think would be on the move. Who's likely to be on the move somewhere? Who is likely to be on the move? Yeah. Well, we already talked about Jack Flaherty. <laughs> He's in the Cardinals. He's likely to be oh, on no, the no. move. No, no, I said non-Cardinals. I'm talking about yeah, I know. I said we already talked about him. I have to. Uh, um, well, I'll give you one of mine. I've got to pull you're, my. You're pulling up your notes there. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the guy out in San Diego closing out games. I'm going to go with Josh Hader. I, I would assume so. Well, there's always a market. There's always a market for bullpen arms, especially one like that, who can, I mean, just is a shutdown guy. And granted, he's had history in the past of giving up the dingers, but 
Dude, his ERA is like 1.05 out there. Or something. I mean, he's just filthy. He always has been filthy. I see him moving. He's a free agent next year. Um, and you can always find, I mean, it's tough to say you can always find a replacement for somebody like that, but you can always find a replacement to close games. Right. For the most part. I'm not going to talk about the Cardinal bullpen, but uh, I see Josh Hader moving on from oh, San Diego. And exactly, I'm going to stick with the uh, same position closer, uh, Aroldis Chapman from the Royals. Mm. You know, he's uh, he's 35, but he could definitely – he's still pretty nasty. He's striking he's out – He's lefty, too. He's lefty. He's striking out uh, 14.6 batters per nine innings. That's, as far as a closer, that's, that's nasty. So, I mean – and so he's older. You might be able to get him cheaper or something for him. And, I mean, what a great uh, back end to have the closeout games for a contender, maybe such as Orioles or whoever's going to be there. Uh, that's, I think – you just – as we know in St. Louis, you need a good closer. Yeah, because if we had a good closer, we maybe have 10, 15 more wins yeah. under our belt. Um, another one I got is uh, from the from the team the Cardinals just played from the White Sox, Lucas Giolito. Yes, sir. Uh, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. He's only 29. Um, so if a team's looking to pick him up and then re-sign him or do maybe do a, a trade-and-sign type deal, uh, and he won't command – the entire farm system. Now, a few years ago, I think the the market for Giolito was really high. I think everybody thought he was going to be this ace starter. I don't think the market's quite the same for him now. He's looked on as more of a two or a three guy, but he's a really consistent two or three guy. You know, you're going to get a three point three ERA out of him. You're going to get, you know, he's going to eat up innings, and he's a he's a strikeout guy. You so, know what you're going to get. Yeah, with him. he's really really solid. So any team that's kind of looking for another starting pitching acquisition. He he's he's a really prime candidate for that. I like it. I like it. So uh, sticking with the White Sox too, Tim Anderson. You think? I he's think he's having so. a down year too. Though. He is having a down year, but uh, you know he's thirty, which is he's reaching probably the latter end of his career. But two-time All Star. Uh, he's fourteen million dollar club option going they, into the uh, club has an option. The club has an option on him for twenty twenty four. He doesn't have. It's not a player option. It's a club option. $14 million, and um, so he's going to be – if somebody gets him, he's more than a one-year rental. Yeah. So, That's I mean, somebody who's, you know, could uh, pick him up. Um, the White Sox have a lot of uh, yeah, they do. players that uh, <laughs> are good. So, Tim Anderson, like I said, you know where you're going to get. Probably not the great, but, you know, World Baseball Classic well, guy. Two, two batting titles. Yeah. I mean, he's he a good, hit. solid player. Yeah, he's a good, solid player, like you said. So, and the cool thing is, like you said, you get him for, you know, more than just a rental. I kind of like him too. I like his attitude. You know, maybe we could get him in St. Louis. No, no. But you no. just said you like his attitude. Oh, I, I like his attitude. He doesn't wear the birds at the bat. We got plenty of middle infielders, man. We're, do we? Yeah. I know we do. Um, uh, my, probably the last one I talk about is uh, Cody Bellinger. So you know, the Cubs took a flyer on Bellinger, who had some oh, really, really down so? seasons. Well, he's only a one-year contract. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, I, thought he, I thought he was too. So the Dodgers for had, uh, you know, he had consecutive down seasons. I mean, him and him and Christian Yelich have had kind of like parallel careers. Where had shoulder surgery, didn't they? High-level like MVP, you know, all-world guys, and then their careers just go in the tank. Um, and so the Cubs take a flyer on him, sign him to a one-year contract. I think they signed him for $17 million. Uh, it may, That m- number may not be absolutely correct. But um, he's put up some pretty nice numbers. He had a really nice comeback year, uh, and I think he's somebody that, you know, are the Cubs going to sign him again next year? Probably not. No, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't think so. Why would they not turn around and move him to a team that's looking for a left-handed bat and, more importantly, really good defensive outfielder? I mean, yeah, he's pretty he solid. He is really good in the outfield. 
pretty, pretty I, solid. I see him potentially moving along, and, and that gets a couple more pieces for a team that's under restructuring. I like restructure. So, yeah, I think that's a good choice. And uh, I'm going to go with a probably non-popular opinion, maybe a guy that flies a little bit under the radar. Um, we know him quite well here in St. Louis, but uh, Randall Gritchick, outfielder for the Rockies, you know, he's like a little late start this year, but he's only um, he's in final year of his contract out there. He, he can still rake a little bit. Um, he's 29, uh, and he can play all three outfield positions. He can, you know, he throws. Like I said, he's not great, but he's good, and he's – uh, he's only earning nine point three three million. Contract? Do what? Is he under contract beyond next year? No, he's done. This is his last year in his contract. So somebody could get him for you know rental, and then you know maybe our you can get him relatively cheap for what. Uh, well, it's, um, it's tough to go after oh Colorado players though because you don't know what his splits are. His but splits I, are important. The good thing is though he has you know history, Cardinals, yeah. Toronto. And then, you know, uh, all that. But he's not bad. And then I think another one to note, too, we're going back to the White Sox, who's moving everybody, is uh, what do you think about um, Yasmani Grandal? Yeah. Catcher, he's probably going to go somewhere. He's in the final year of his uh, four-year, 70, $73 million deal that he did. That's what he signed? Yeah. But he's 34. 34-year-old catcher. Mm. Crash Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting dingers. But, I mean. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you, you go down these lists. Uh, so if anybody wants to Google the top ten players uh, that might be traded, I think five of them are yeah, <laughs> Chicago White Sox. White Sox. Yeah, the White Sox are going to move. I mean, they're in the same situation. Or Dylan Cease, right-handed pitcher, starter for yep. the White Sox. I think he's going to be gone. Okay, pretty um, good. Sweet mustache, So, too. hey, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room. Are the Angels going to move Otani? I just – What do you think? I don't think so because what you would have to give up – to get him, and then you have to have the you would have to have the bankroll to pay him next year. Because if you, in my mind, if you give up the farm, I hate to use that expression, but sure, well, if you give up the ranch, we'll change it to um, get Otani, and you don't win the series, I would look at that as a failure. And then if you don't sign him the very next year, uh, yeah, I think it's more if you don't sign him than it is even because if you're going to give up, if you're going to mortgage your future. Then you got to sign him for the future as well. Uh, I, I think the Angels are in a terrible position with him. Yes, they're not going to get. Yeah, that's a really, really bad, bad I, situation. I think for they them. can move him, but I think they're going to have to accept the reality that they're not going to get what they what they want. You're going to get less. You're going to get like fifty cents on the dollar yes, for the exactly. Angels. Like, I mean, something yeah. like that. It's just you own it, you move on, and you try to de- get the best what you can, and then just accept it. Yeah. Because well, we could even talk about too. That'd be great. I mean, so the teams that I would see signing him, I mean, because he said I think multiple times that he wants to stay West Coast for yep. people in Japan. We've talked yep. about that on shows before. But who on the West Coast has the budget? The Padres are out because they probably they, you know they just signed Soto. Well, two years they didn't obviously. sign him. Well, they traded for. But when when Soto done? When Soto done? He's got one more year. So they're probably not going to do it. Again, I'm, is it the Dodgers? But they're not paying his contract. Is it the – who is – Washington's paying it? Yeah. So they might sign up because that dude wants to win. Their owner well, wants I, to I'm win. Sorry, they, they absorb his contract, but it's not that exorbitant amount. Right. Well, I think the elephant in the room, too, that nobody wants to talk about anymore is that he's probably going to be a Dodger. Could that be. sucks. Could be. I think he's going to wind up in Seattle. That's a fair take. What about the birds on the bat? Is old Bill DeWitt going to sign? No. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> No effing way that's going to happen. Oh, that'd be great, though. Wouldn't it be fun? That'd be fun. It would be amazing. He'd be pepper grinding his ass off. 
What? He'd be pepper grinding like crazy. His ass off. <laughs> Interesting. Is he on a diet? Does yeah, he lose? Is that where he stores his water weight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why there's no salt. No, Jesus. All right, hey, let's uh, let's go to a break real quick, and then we'll come back for the final segment, and we'll uh, we'll go over what the hell and our all time best. I am super excited for all these nuts for all time best. I can't, uh, I cannot wait uh, to get to that one. All right, this is ninety feet apart with Chris and Kyle. All right, stay tuned. All right, we're back here on ninety feet apart with Chris and Kyle for our final segment of uh, this thirteen July. July, Julie, Julio. Was July named after Julius Caesar? I believe it was, yes, sir. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well done, sir. All right. All right. I'm leaving on a high note. <laughs> See you guys later. You're educated feller. <laughs> um, Illinois Public School. So uh, we're going to do a segment we like to call What the Hell? Oh, my God. No way. <laughs> that is beautiful. Did you like that? I'm gl- You know what? I'm There's here a clip for you. from a movie. I forget what the movie's called. Oh, no, no. Uh, no, it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's Vince Lombardi. You ever seen that Vince Lombardi clip where he goes, what the hell is going on around here? <laughs> no. That, there, there's gotta be the Lombardi trophy, Vince Lombardi. Yeah, that guy. The Packers. Uh, My uncle Jim is a Packers fan. Probably knows. There's gotta be, um, there's gotta be a, what's George Costanza's father? Frank. Frank Costanza going, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> you be nice. To the, what the hell did you trade Jay Buna for? I had 30 home runs, a rocket for an arm. We, we got to find it. We got to find a clip, clip. and say, what the hell? <laughs> the hell? You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> All right. So oh. what the hell for me? Um, so uh, as we talked about before, the All-Star game was earlier this week. And I perhaps I didn't notice it a few years ago. In 2021, and of course this is a money grab. No, uh, MLB part partnered with Nike uh, to create a set uniform for each one of the league teams. So everybody's wearing. So up until that point, until you know, they've been wearing. You wear your all. You wear your uniform from whatever team you're representing. Yep. Out on the field at the All Star game. I loved it. And so, you know. I get it. It's a money grab. They can create another uniform. Of course, that puts something else in the MLB shop that, that you can buy. But my point to this is, is there's not an issue with – it's different for the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, because in your all-star games, the way the game moves, everybody's got to be in a similar uniform so that when the action is going, how their action works – Oh, sure, yeah. you, you got to differentiate you know between who to who's pass on to. what. Right, right, exactly. But MLB, you know, baseball's not like that. Correct. Uh, it makes absolutely no difference what uniform the person is in. You know the ball is coming from the guy who's pitching, and you know if it goes out to the outfield and you got to come up for a throw, the guy who you're throwing to on the cutoff is running out towards you with his arms up. Doesn't matter what damn uniform he's wearing. So any that's argument a great, about that is nuts. Great take. Yeah, uh, that's this terrible. is 100 percent a money grab by Major League Baseball and Nike. And I don't wear Nike shit at all. I wear Under Armour. I don't wear anything Nike. Are they paying you? Uh, no. Because if they are, did I miss something? <laughs> I wear Liggity. Yeah. Well, we don't have any of those. Where's the I shirt? do. Where's the shirt? Well, you're supposed to send me the email file, and I still never got it. Hey, let's not air our dirty laundry <laughs> here. So, so my what the hell is, why can't, what the hell is up with MLB taking away the, the team uniforms in the All-Star game? Let's get those back. I agree. Let's get them back because it was fun to see. And you said, what the hell? Why are they doing it? Because it's money. Somebody's going to yeah, buy it. Obviously. That's it. Obviously. It's, it's just. They're ugly. It's a money they're also ugly. They're yeah. not They're not nice looking. If I do have one 
you know, speaking of that about buying stuff, I do have a uh, uh, NFL All Pro when they did the All Pro. It's all different now, but when they used to do the All Pro game, I have a you know I'm a Charger fan, so I have an Antonio Gates, ooh, uh, Anthony AF, AF, AFC All Pro Pro Bowl, yeah, but jersey that's acceptable for the reasons that you stated. Because of offense, defense, you got to know what's going on. Yeah. Baseball has no call. It doesn't matter. It is 100% a money grab. But as long as people buy it, they're going to do it. I agree with you. I'd love to see the uniforms back the way it was just because, you know, it was fun. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to do it, at least make a cool uniform. Yeah, that shit's ugly. It's, yeah, it wasn't good at all. It was yeah. comparative to Great Britain's WBC. <laughs> Nothing is as bad well, as that 12 that was... five, tw- times New Roman. <laughs> yeah. It might not even have been Times New Roman. Calibri. It was like a 3D printer that just came out. They just they put it on scan. Yeah, that was awful. That wasn't good at all. So what That's do you got? What's call. your what the hell, sir? Well, I think, as most people know and most listeners, I uh, since we are a baseball show, though, I very rarely go with what the hell in baseball because I look for just saw a lot of just, uh, comedy type what the hells and just funny things. And there was a bunch of what the hell um, this week this week that I saw that I just uh, could have actually commented, but it's for, you know, I'm going to go with uh, uh, the PGA live golf merger that has been, because oh. you know, I'm a huge golfer. Well, you know, that was my, what the hell a few weeks ago. It was, that was a good one because it's, it, it, it's sports. And you know, here we're coming up on the last major of the year next week and the, uh, the open and all these things that are going on. But my, what the hell is so Rory McElroy came out, Today is either today or late yesterday that uh, if there is a merger, he's just going to retire. Bye. Yeah, just going to be done. And and I, so my what the, you know my what the hell is like if you do that, you just you gave to me you gave live all the power you let them win instead of just continuing to play, um, you know and just I'm not going to say suck it up and do it, but I think Rory though last year kind of got voted without a vote the spokesperson player for the pga tour yeah, not yeah, live definitely. and Rory's a nice guy he's won you know he's won four majors it's been a while since he's won he's a great golfer he's the very popular uh amongst the sport but if you quit where does that leave the pga tour who's your next guy yeah so my what the hell is like dude just suck it up and deal with it and i know it's very easy to say you know people have their thoughts on live golf and you know all the guys that went over there are just trash and terrible human beings and things like that but my what the hell is like just just grow up and play because if you quit to me in my mind if rory quits he's letting live win so everything that he spoke about and spoke against the last year is is done if you know, I, I if that makes i know it's a very blunt kind of not a funny what the hell but it's just i don't know you you see what i'm trying to say it's like yeah, if you, I just, do. I, you know i think Sure, I'm. It, people who have uh, strong convictions like that are are admirable. But I mean, what what does it accomplish by you saying, "Well, I'm not going to play anymore"? Then, then nothing. You give all the power to live. It's you, like okay, you could even take it back to baseball. If there had been a National League player that said, "If they bring in a DH, I'm done." Yeah, good point. Or you know something like that. It's like okay, it is what it is. The powers to be. Your job is to play golf. And well, my point to all of that is, I 100% agree with you. Is to what end? You you're not going to play anymore, but why? What, right, what just is because the why? you don't exactly because you're playing against guys that you were playing against two years ago. Now Ex- I, you've already exactly you've already played against them, and it's not like it's not like 
you're gonna you you're facing this tidal wave of people who are overwhelmingly talented, and you're not gonna. It's it's a moral stance potentially, right? To say maybe it's maybe the stance now is more about his uh, unhappiness with the PGA. With Jay, was it Jay Monahan? Yeah, yeah Monahan, and the fact that they caved in. Maybe to, he feels like he got his back yeah, turned, stuff like that. Back or but at like least that. say that, and yeah. maybe that's just a headline. But come out with the reasonings and definition uh, of of why you're going. But he did bring up a. There was a good point about golf, and when it came to the live tour. And things like that, and he admitted that golfers need to toughen up a bit because he said between PGA touring pros and tennis players, they're the only pro athletes to get to pick when and where they play. You know, everybody else has got a schedule. You show up and do. I was like, that's a great point. Yeah, that he's just so. Yeah, yeah, just toughen up, man. What the hell? Did he give him uh, stripes? Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me where to play. I'll kill you. <laughs> you put your hands on my golf bag. I'll kill you. <laughs> One of these men may save your life one of these days. Then again, maybe one of us won't. <laughs> My friends call me Crew. That's a great movie. We should Phenomenal watch. Phenomenal movie. Gosh, that written by Harold Ramis we should again. Start, you know what we should start? A reaction uh, reaction video channel. We should. That'd be, be hilarious. Kind of like the two fighter pilots that debunk every military movie and yeah. just like took Top Gun Maverick and crushed all of our dreams. Like, not real. As well they should. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, a great Sorry, story, honey. Though. I know you love that movie. Um, all right, so let's move on to our final uh, segment of the day. All-time best. Oh, you're Sing the best. <laughs> all right. You That's didn't, it. You know the... I ran out of breath. I made the dog bark for goodness sake. <laughs> was barking at me. Yeah. He ran to the top of the stairs. There's dogs all over the all over the, yeah. the tri-state area turning their heads right now. Tri-state? We're the yeah, bi-state. Yeah, yeah, Are you counting Kentucky? Yeah, I missed. Uh, yeah, Indiana? Tennessee. <laughs> hey, not everybody talks like that from Tennessee. All right? Yeah, my bad. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to this one, though, because it's it's not really stat-driven. No, that, it's, a, it's uh, a lot of opinion. Yeah, I like opinion. Yeah, yeah. I like So opinion. what we're going to talk about today is all-time best is the, the best generation of baseball. What a uh, great, great subject. And, and we're talking it more in kind, in, kind of in like decades Right, I would think Decade decades times. is a way to do it because you've got players, ballparks. I think a generation, fans, technically, maybe a generation. Technically, thing. is twenty years, I believe. Is it? Yeah, I, believe I, I don't know. So it'd be two decades. Look at that at yeah. Illinois Public. But let's School go. Education. Let's go in terms of like decades because it's easy to it's easy to sort it that way. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on best generation? I mean, mine. So, can I take it. ten years of any decade that bleeds yeah. over? No, what are you talking about? Okay, then I'm going 1950s to the 1960s. 1950s to 60s? What do you mean? So you were going to the 1950s? Yeah, the 1950s. So from okay. 50 to 60. I mean, in a perfect well, world, I'd love to go 50. God. <laughs> I mean, I'd really love to bleed it into 55 to 65. Because when you get Mantle, you know, the Maris home run chase, all that. But I can't. So I'm going to go with the 50s. Okay, why? Just because, you know, that, that to me... You know, having reading the books and the documentaries with Ken Burns, it seemed like the more it appeared that to be the more kind of romantic part about baseball. That's exactly the word I was going to use. Yeah, it's, it's just romantic. I mean, people were so you were almost getting out of the wearing suits and ties, conservative dress to ball games. Um, you were really starting to see more superstar players than opposed to like Babe Ruth. So it's almost like 
a lot of teams had at least one guy. You know, you know, obviously New York Yankees had um, Mantle coming up as a rookie, and Joe DiMaggio was still there. Um, Only one year. True, but he was there. 51. Yeah, 51 he was there, and then Mantle, you know, went down. But it just seems – and that was the – the um, Almost the start of the expansion to the, which was the sixty-one year. No, sixty was when you know they they expanded the team, and then the team started moving the West Coast. More of the nation was involved in baseball. It wasn't just an East Coast uh, Midwest yep. game anymore. Yep. The entire um, um, crowd was involved, uh, or the entire nation was involved. TV started to get introduced to games. Granted, it was black and white, but it was just. It's like that decade to me was you had. Really good players, a lot. Well, a handful of good players and like one or two great players on each team, but you still also had the you won the pennant, you're in the series. It wasn't like you yeah. know the, the playoff, then you know the playoff picture, and then the wild card. You still, it really, you know, you were the best team in your respective league. You went to the series, so it was. I mean, it was, it was awesome. I, well, I don't know if it was awesome. If I had a DeLorean, I would love to go back to that time. Because you could still smoke in the ballpark, I guess. Not that I'm a smoker, but the players in, they were smoking in the dugout. I mean, there wasn't any of the uh, these Jimmy huge. Leland. Jimmy Leland was still doing that. Ex- well, yeah, but I'm saying, but the players, you know, they were yeah. just yeah. strong because I mean, there wasn't any like uh, dietitians traveling around, right. rub yeah. downs. I mean, these guys, they played ball. They went out and got trashed, came back, played ball again, and still put up some pretty damn good numbers. Yeah. You know, why I, I keep saying the Yankees, but the Cardinals were good too. Uh, another thing that's really important about that era when you talk about how incredible it was, you're coming out of um, the color barrier being broken in forty seven and the league starting to see uh, the impact of black ball players coming into the league. Right, and it's, so you it's like saw it's the talent, evolution it's like just, decade, just talent explosion across Major League Baseball, which made the game better. Yeah, and it just that. evolved and changed the game. So right, more speed. Exactly, it was still like it's, it's the perfect decade because of that reason. That's a great point, and also you still had old ballparks, so you were still holding on to like old relics, if you will. Like you said, DiMaggio played in '51, so mm-hmm. you had the blend of old history with the old ballparks, but people were starting to build and design the new ones because we know Bush Stadium 2 came about in 66, but we were right on that kind of tipping point of old antiques, if you will. Mm-hmm. But then you said, you know, the, the talent and the game got faster because of the introduction, you know, of Jackie Robinson and then bleeding into that open door for everything else. And just, I don't know, just, it just, to me, it just like, it's all the pictures and the Ken Burns documentary, just, it had it all. It had the old feel with the old ballparks, like the old houses, yeah. but with new players and good players, fast players. And, you know, people were, you know, pitchers were throwing hard. I mean, Whitey Ford was out there dealing. I mean, it was just. I think it would be amazing, you know, and, and to be even, to take that even and, and put a, a little bit of a microscope on it. Baseball in the 50s in New York. <laughs> well, yeah, that's big. <laughs> was yeah, unbelievable. Exactly. Because the Giants were there. Willie Mays. I mean, Giants had Willie Mays. The Brooklyn Dodgers. Dodgers had Pee Wee Reese, and and the uh, Yanks had Mickey Mantle. I mean, gosh, could you could, imagine could that? I mean, oh, man. not Pee Wee Reese, Duke Snyder. I'm sorry, yeah, Duke, Duke Snyder. Snyder. Was talking about. So the you know three probably best three best center fielders in all of baseball, all there in a you know 
within a stone's throw of each other. Exactly. I mean, and then you got the ballpark in the Bronx for the Yankees, and it's all and, the, and they're all borough centric, right, right? In New York, so there's this rivalry among the boroughs. I mean, what an incredible place to be. And I think the number one thing about it too is, back then I could go to a game in a suit and a fedora. And nobody would care. If I do that now, people are going to look at me like I'm crazy. And kids would be, I mean, how many times have you seen pictures of kids looking through the knot hole in the fence? Yeah. Or finding a way to sneak into the Sneak into the ball game. I mean, just what a what a great time. That would have been so much fun to be there. I mean, even the Cardinals back in the 50s, they were they were pretty stacked. They were good. I mean, they were Yankees. Their era was the 40s. And 40s the 60s. and the 60s. Yeah. It's, it's odd. They went 20, 40s, 60s. 80s. So it's kind of yeah. like every 20 years they do it. Yeah, and then in the 2000s they were good. So we just didn't like the fall of Rome right now, yeah, and then we're waiting, <laughs> we're waiting for the next one to come about. Currently we are in Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's my choice. I know some people will probably disagree, which is fun, choice. but I, I mean just... And I think that, you know, it's a... So it's great to see a younger person, and you know I don't mean that condescendingly. No, it's fine. I, I can't help when my parents had sex. Same thing with uh with with. <laughs> no, no I would there. look no. I would look <laughs> I would look backwards on that too, and and I I like that era too. But from the standpoint of being ninety feet apart, I'm gonna go with uh, is the I'm name go, of the show. I'm gonna go with the '80s, and the reason I'm gonna go with the '80s. Um, the uniforms were awful. Well, they're worse than the 70s. That's true. Have you ever seen the so, Cleveland Indians uniforms oh from the 1970s? Those burnt orange damn things? Yeah. What about the Houston Astros? With Anyway, I'm sorry. How about the but White Sox with the collars? And the shorts. Didn't they wear shorts one time? Yes. <laughs> so I'll let you go. I'm sorry. So, and the reason I picked the 80s is because, well, one, it's the one I'm the most familiar with because that's when I really became a baseball fan. That's when I really paid attention to baseball, paid attention to the era. Um, and it's also when, I mean, it started in the 60s and Late 60s and the 70s is when media started becoming more important for seeing a game, whereas in the 50s, you were listening to that mostly on the radio, right? Um, it was so good, the radio stars. So, like, the 50s, Harry Carey, Jack, you know, what anyway, so go ahead. Stop it. Sorry. Um, so, so it became something where it was gradually becoming something that you were visually more, and I would say probably the 75 World Series with Carlton Fisk hitting the homer and, you know, all that. That really catapulted television as this platform for for baseball and then in the 80s it just continued right yeah it was like a now, freight train there's some downside to the 80s uh you know we had a lot of labor issues in the 80s 81 had a big strike in 81 astroturf um right well that was in the 70s when that started oh did i thought, I'm well sorry. actually early six late 60s was it really early 70s really? when that started okay. yeah when they built the astrodome which was in the 60s oh, yeah. um, eighth wonder of the world but the game, what I thought, what I thought was fantastic about the game itself in the '80s, which is what was really appealing to me, is um, you had a a little bit different type of game, really based off speed and defense. Obviously, here in St. Louis, we had the, the running Redbirds, but that wasn't the only place you had it. I mean, you had a lot of folks who who ran a lot more. I mean, you had guys like Miguel Delaney. Have you ever even heard of him? I, I I think I have just talking to you, but if it wasn't for you, Cleveland I would Indians. not have no Miguel. That dude's still He stole seventy bases one year. Timmy That's Raines was unbelievable in the eighties. People for sleep who who weren't around then sleep on how good of a ball player Tim Raines was. Um, the Cardinals obviously run a bases. And here's an interesting fact: so everybody talks about the 82, 85, 87 Cardinals and how many bases they stole and all that. Three hundred plus stolen bases in eighty five. Um, the single season record is owned by the A's 
the 70, the back when the 72, 73, 74 A's when they won three World Series in a row. So I before think, Ricky Henderson. Oh, well before. Oh, well Ricky before. Okay. Uh, he was a rookie in 79. Uh, they stole, I think it was 342 bases in one year. I mean, it was, or it might have even been higher than that. It might have been 360, 370. It was a huge number. So Everybody on that team ran. Well, just run it. So let me ask Reggie you. Reggie Jackson stole 20 bases. Jesus. Let me ask you this question. So why, you know, you being a child of the 80s and, you know, obviously yeah. not being considering that you're older than well, child of the Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> as, as far as you say, go to the base, why, why was there no power in the game? I'm not saying there wasn't, but there's just so it, just an evolution. That was the generation of ball players and their athletic well, ability? I think, or? More, I think it was more about the stadiums. I mean, look at these. They were multi, huge. They're multi-purpose stadiums. So oh, you weren't, so you had you football weren't building, and baseball. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You weren't building stadiums that were specifically for, for baseball, baseball that had these nice confines you know like now that and, and, and it all goes in cycles right so sure you had these small stadiums that were built in the early half of the century and then they switched to these multi-use stadiums so you could play football and baseball and hold concerts in there and all that sure. sort of thing. so they were cavernous i mean bush stadium was enormous right huge and you had bush riverfront three rivers these are all identical they're cookie cutter stadiums. Yeah, they're, they're, they're built by the round, same guy. They're all the round. Guy. They're all multi-purpose. They're all artificial. They were hot as hell. I mean, cause I remember Bush yeah, Stadium. Terrible. You know, Bush Stadium too. I, that's where I was. Jack was Murphy Stadium hot. in San Diego. Same thing, except it didn't have turf. <laughs> uh, but so they were big. So you had to change your style of ball. You didn't have as many bangers out there hitting the ball. I mean, where'd you have them? You had them in the Yankee Stadium still. You had them that's in Boston true. still. Well, older stadiums, right? From bank um, from the so still there. All, well, Yankee Stadium is there's a new one. But. Yeah, there's a new one now. But so it it it, it drove a, a game that was based on pitching and defense and speed, and you saw that around the league, and it was exciting. Uh, is that when the split finger was introduced? Was oh, mainly the yeah. '80s, Bruce. Suter? Late late '70s, late '70s when it came around, but a it was nasty prominent pitch. in the '80s. Um, you saw things like the suicide squeeze or the squeeze play. Did you did you watch the White Sox game against the Cardinals the other day when the when the White Sox tried to do a squeeze? I did not see that. And the runner executed. didn't run. <laughs> they did it. The the batter laid down a perfect bunt. It was ideal. It was perfect. The dude just didn't. The run. guy at third didn't go. Missed a sign. So, How do you miss the sign when the guy's talking in your know. ear? I don't understand that. But, but that interesting situation about that was that was a first and third when it happened, and the runner at first went to second. So the guy the batter still got a sacrifice out of it. But it should have been, been an RBI. Should have been, yeah. been a run. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but but you had stuff like that all the time, and there's, I will say to this, to this day, there's two, I, I won't say which one's the most exciting, but there are two really incredibly exciting plays in baseball. Anytime somebody hits one in the gap and hits a triple, uh, and a suicide squeeze. I like the suicide, the suicide squeeze. Suicide squeeze is awesome. What about the inside the park home run? Eh, not big on that because a lot of times it's because it's usually because somebody kicks it or it misplays it, it or it's a weird angle. The suicide squeeze like is awesome because like so many things have to happen so Perfect. quick in sync. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. That's a great take. I think, I think the the style of baseball that I like, I would have loved to have been in the '80s and watched it. But the uniforms just don't do it. I mean, no belts, just the what you know, they have the stupid ass colors around with the two <laughs> buttons. What about the Astros uniform? That thing was amazing. It was so. Uh, it was the multicolor. So yeah, but that thing is so ugly. It's like my Bulldogs. They're so ugly. They're cute. Dude, that's a classic uniform. It's. But who decided to put like the brown, tan, yellow, mustard oh, yellow on it? <laughs> oh, yeah, that God. uniform was awful. Was it in the eighties too that the pirates had the 
the hat that had yeah, the, the, really the, no, the, the was 70s. that the seventies that had the pinstripe yeah it was a <laughs> round, hoops. It was, well and it was also a weird hat too it was, it was like an old military flat. uniform it was like a flat yeah hat. like a patrol round, cap. and they put stars on it too remember oh that my. no I don't I wasn't that there. team won a World Series in nineteen seventy nine though was that with uh, Willie Stargell Willie Stargell Pop Stargell nineteen seventy nine we are family I did like the there's helmets great, though they had the yellow MLB there's a great documentary is there yeah. I did like his helmet though. They had the yellow with the black bill. Yeah, that was, that was a cool a looking. Solid, right? solid, solid. Fun deal. team, that guy's. They did a lot of cocaine though. Well, it was the eighties. So did in Keith Hernandez. Tons of cocaine in the eighties. That's why <laughs> they were so the that's why they were so fast. <laughs> because cocaine makes you skinny, I guess, and yeah. not powerful. Yeah. So you just you run, know. Run, run. So instead of so where's all the where's Jose Canseco instead of juiced, not so, juiced well, cocaine, so butter sugar. That's an interesting point. So then towards the end of that decade of the eighties, the game started shifting again. Uh you know, and I think a lot of this has to do with television and ratings and that sort of thing. So they wanted to see the long ball, and you got guys like Canseco came in the league, and, and McGuire. And, and I'm telling you, well, McGuire came in in '87. Canseco was rookie in '86. So a, uh, a whole year. And McGuire hit 49 home runs his rookie year, but nobody was talking about that dude being serious because he's pretty skinny. Um, Canseco, I remember distinctly in 1988, in his 4040 season. Charlie Steiner on ESPN talking about Jose Canseco milkshakes being steroids. <laughs> I God, distinctly just remember it. it. <laughs> so when it was years later and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. What are you talking about? So I'll tell you why. There's a a, a five-word phrase. One more well, you're Okay. So the 80s to me was a lot about the style of the play, and you saw a lot more characters because of the media coverage. So you got mm. to see and learn a lot more It wasn't about, just local, more national. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because okay. the rise of TBS, ride of WGN. So you had things being piped all over the country. So the, the baseball rose to prominence. Uh, so kind of like the Cardinals and KMOX in the 60s. Yeah, right. Well, Similar. 40s. The 40s, yeah. 50s, 60s, yeah. stuff like they that. They were the westernmost team, and they had the most powerful radio station in the country. That's a, yeah, that's a great choice. I, I like it. Uh, but I was going to say, so going back to Conseco and the transition between the uh, 80s, late 80s and yeah. the 90s, there's a five-word phrase. It's chicks dig the long, long ball. ball. Yeah. yeah, chicks yeah. dig the long ball. Yeah. And uh, but uh, no, great takes. But yeah, for me, I'd love to go back to the '60s or you know, 50s. honestly '50s. But the '55 to '65 would be my choice. But we're picking a decade, so I'm going to go with the '50s. But because yeah. uh, I would just love to have seen that home run chase between Mantle and Maris. I mean, how fun would that have been on the same As team? An expansion here is bullshit. But it is what it is. Well, nobody cared when Babe Ruth broke the. Well, okay, Ford Frick. Nobody, nobody, nobody complained when Babe Ruth broke the record of the first guy, the one, and then he played in 14 games longer. Nobody cared about that. Yeah, I'm just saying, how fun would that have been? So let's just say McGuire and Sosa would have been on the same team, like you know, Mantle and Maris was, or you know, were. I mean, that would have been. Yeah, I thought about doing the '90s too, but um, there's too many, you know, the strike. Too many black eyes. The strike in '94 and just. But baseball is exciting, especially post '94. You know what we should do? And I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of people give credit to uh, McGuire and Sosa for saving for that. saving baseball. What Ninety-eight. They forget race. is that Cal Ripken a couple years before that Iron Man with his record that was huge. Did he break that? Ninety-six. Ninety-seven. Ninety-five or ninety-six. Ninety-five or ninety-six. I think it was ninety-five. So you know what would be a fun talking point too? Because I know we talk a lot of stats and stuff on the show and current baseball. We should do a discussion on. We could bring stats into it, but just the 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 best team. It's ever been, and, and compare, uh, like compare talent. So what I mean is, you know, so you talk about the fifties; they were still 
the romance between yeah. Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, you know, those kind of guys, which Maris wasn't a fantastic player, but you talk about power. So what was the – what generation of baseball had the most overall, like, talent as yeah. far as just going – kind of like, you know, discussion. it is a, it's a very tough discussion, kind of like, you know, I would say today forced an NFL today when it's, you know, who was the best. And I'll tell you because I think any discussion before 1947 is invalid. It's for baseball? Yeah. Because of just the way the ball is integration. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. That's a fantastic, uh, um, fantastic take. I, I like it. It has to. So we'll, let's make that a rule. It has to be uh, post that. Right on. So Babe Ruth's fat ass and <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyways, oh, great talk today. I know uh, we've been back. We ran a little bit longer today, but we had a lot to cover. And uh, we are hoping the best for the um, Cardinals going out. Like I said, I'm going in 0-0. Zero and zero. So <laughs> if we win tomorrow, season kicks off underway. Uh, second half, uh, I'm going to start going back to the ballpark because we're 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 0 0, baby. We're 500. We're 500. All right. I'm I'm going to tailgate tomorrow. I'll be there Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. Oh, well, speaking of that, did you get me my Roger Maris? I did. Is it I in the truck? Oh, no, son of a bitch! But I got it. All right. Well, as long as you have it. And uh, all right, well, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in when you do tune in. And uh, we will be back with hopefully more regularity. Like I said, life just sometimes happens. But uh, as it does for us, as it does for you, we will see you. And always, we appreciate you listening. And give us a like, give us a comment, whatever. We'll talk to you next time. This is 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. We're out. Out.